trust the corporations. That's <laughs> yeah, called. that's that's my motto. Our best. It's because it's they are capitalistically incentivized <laughs> to treat their customers well. If customers, if they treat customers poorly, then they'll go out of business. Exactly. That's why you can always trust them to do what's best for us. Mm. John must be reeling after fucking Unity went rogue. Man, oh, that was crazy. That was... I haven't been keeping up on that one, but it seemed like to continue to develop in crazy ways over the day. God. By, like, like end of the day, Epic was like, we'll buy you. And I'm like, fucking what? Like, what, what? Is, what is even going on at this point? Epic is just throwing money. Like, here, you want $25 million be, to be our ours? friend. We want to beat Steam. Please, God. <laughs> God, that's so weird. Oh, Poncho appreciated my good, good joke. Okay. Whee! We're doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> so, pretty good start to to. Is this just the episode? That's that's it. That's basically the episode. <laughs> It'd be great to just actually release that as an episode. To be like, oh, yeah, we're done. <laughs> and complete with diagnosing Rhett's computer. Yeah, issues. just complete with the whole thing. No, there's stuff we got to get to this episode. Unfortunately. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. How Lots much do you stuff. have, Polly? Just three things. Okay. I'm just going to, like... I'm I out. wanted to do three things, and I'm like... Ugh. I'm going to do one that's sort of smaller... And then I'm going to tack that on to one other thing, okay. and then I'm going to do one other big thing. So, two big things, one th one small thing. Okay, because I was like, <laughs> three big things, and, oh no, four things. Shit, how do I squeeze these? We do we, we carry it over to, to next episodes while we do. Oh, That's what I'm it. doing. I just finished it. Mm. We got the water. Oh, the ones. anime that made you cry? Oh, oh, that's very specific, John. Thanks. Sorry, we, we we at first it wasn't your computer rebooting, so we were just like Rhett's in the middle of crying at an anime, so we can't, so he can't, he's late. Yeah, I, honest to God, I finished it. I went to plug in the headphones, and I saw a little, you know, static spark, and boop, bye, bye, computer. We did end the yeah. podcast on a cliffhanger once, Poncho. We actually did. Should we start the episode? We should! Welcome to SoxCast episode 87, brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies! Mm -hmm. Even dogs like them. They do. Oh no, that's not good, Paul. <laughs> it's, it's probably true, though. Prob probably not. Uh, I'm sure they like them. That yeah, they just die the afterwards. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, look. I'm not saying to do it, okay? I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm you have just... a dog you don't care about getting rid of, and then... Hey! <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I'm you just did. saying... I did? I'm just saying dogs would probably like them. That's all don't I said. Don't delete anything. <laughs> oh. Moon pies! Euthanize your dogs humanistically. <laughs> you guys really are really messing up my chances of getting a sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> you can kill your dog in a way that they'll really be okay with. <laughs> It'll be very painful and awful for them. They'll love you for it. That sweet taste. 
hundred and years of sending dogs to heaven. Moon pie. <laughs> maybe some of maybe some of that sugary marshmallowy goodness will linger on their tongue as they're barfing their guts up. <laughs> you know, I, I had a dog that ate up shit ton of chocolate and we had to take it to the emergency room. There. Yeah, that's yeah. We're never getting that sponsorship. But I'm gonna keep trying. I'll find the slogan that works, goddammit. <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, it's his freaking birthday! Oh, fuck. Hi! It's Rhett! Uh, yeah, John, it's not your birthday. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, John, it's very not your birthday. It's actually pretty far away from your birthday. Yeah, it is. Nine months or so. Like, that's a lot. Thank God. That's a pretty long time to be confusing, mm-hmm. you know, your birthday, thinking that it might be today. Yeah. We're in January. Also, Rhett. Hey, who, whose birthday is it? It's Rhett's birthday. Rhett. Hey, Rhett. Hi. How's the birthday going? Pretty good. Until my computer rebooted right before we did this episode. His computer rebooted and needed 27 minutes to launch Skype. No, see, it launched Skype, and you were messaging me like, hello, where the fuck are you? And I'm like, mm, it froze. I'm, so, I'm uh, all on board with Rhett getting a new computer. Say I. I, I, I just upgraded. You just got a fucking video card. And RAM. Oh my god, like those aren't transferable. That's Aww. two big expensive things you don't have to put in the new one. That's true. This is make Rhett feel bad on his birthday. I know, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You did, yeah, I think this is the first time we've actually had a podcast on somebody's birthday. That's that's, 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 weird. Yeah, like, I've been doing it for like five years, almost six now. Mm-hmm. No way. I think we're coming up on five We're coming years. up on five. One of the other. I don't know. Dude, we've it's done math, the... and I don't fucking math, okay? I think we've hit five calendar years now because we started end of 2014, and now we're doing start of 2019. It's something like that. Dude, it's math. I don't care. I'll say <laughs> a number, and the number I say is correct in my brain. That's how it works. 69. Nice. August to my immediate 24. virtual left, God forgives, but he does not. It's John Thayer. Hi. It's not your birthday. No, it's not. Nope. Very mm. not your birthday. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry for confusing everyone. Yeah. Like, you got... Everybody in chat is just completely confused. It's complete disarray in there now. They don't know <sighs> what to think. <sighs> it makes sense. I ruin everything, really. You really do. You really do. I thought we were going to start 2019 with John Thayer not ruining literally everything, and it turns out John came with a big laundry list of ways to literally ruin everything for just oh. in just one episode. Will y'all will y'all forgive me if I become a bad person? Oh boy, are we only going if you already? only if you become a re- <laughs> only if you become a Republican dad. Oh boy, okay. I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> I'm already apparently there, right? <laughs> According to some folks. Ah, 
So welcome to 2019. As you can tell, (laughs) things are pretty much about the same. Just like I said on Twitter. Like, nothing's different here. New Year, same dumbasses. Yep, New Year, same dumbasses. Rhett, since it's your birthday, get us started. Boy. You're going to kick off 2019. (laughs) We're going to do it with a showstopper with Rhett's very first topic of 2019. Oh my god, I was not ready. Uh... Uh... I played the new Wolfenstein. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay. I was like, hmm, what am I in the mood for? Uh, and I what? thought, a game where you shoot a lot of Nazis in the face. Which is a very good. good premise for a thing to yeah. be. I mean, they've been making these since 1990 or so. Like, I don't know why people suddenly have a problem with shooting Nazis now. But I was like, hey, they made a new one. And it's super fucking violent. Yeah. <laughs> just, what, just what the doctor ordered. So this is the sequel. Uh, the new one is the new Colossus. It's the sequel to Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the new order. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't like this one as much as the previous one, but I actually thought I liked it more. You see, I like, saw the, that and I thought that that was just coming from the right wing people yeah, I know. that want to be Nazis. And and they I mean, I'd like heard that. I'd heard legitimate complaints about like, oh, the map design doesn't flow as well, and like the combat isn't as satisfying. Like, yeah, obviously there's a group of people that give this game a mixed review on Steam because, hey, suddenly killing Nazis is political, <laughs> and ooh, you're making a statement. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I think the action just kind of flowed better in this one, and like, like the new order was just so about its story where I just felt like it was like 15 minutes of story cutscenes and then a 15 minute level then back to cutscenes and it's just like okay game can we just shoot some Nazis for a bit you know yeah and also those games the new ones have like a pretty heavy stealth element yeah and me and stealth don't really get along Mm. and I think the new game uh the new Colossus it's a little weird that they have new in the name like fucking new Super Mario Brothers yeah. Um, New Colossus doesn't emphasize stealth quite as much, and about halfway through the game, they give you like a choice between three upgrades, and one of them is like, oh, it loves it lets you go prone and crawl around, so now you can have new stealth options, and the other one, the second one is like, oh, it'll have like robotic stilts for your legs, so you can jump real high, and get new stealth options. <laughs> And then the third one is, like, what if we give you, like, super strong shoulders so you can just fucking literally charge through walls, and if you dash into an enemy, they you just give them instantly. <laughs> so, like, I don't really know why they give you a choice when obviously... Like, the third option is the better option. Yeah. So, like, I've heard people say the level <clears throat> design kind of changes around which one you pick. So at that point, it's like... It will remove stealth <laughs> as an option, basically. Because it'll be like, okay, how do you get in here? You can go up there, or you can go you know, into this tiny little vent, or you can just charge through this wall. And if you charge through the <laughs> wall, and that's the option you have to take because that's the one you pick, you just fail the stealth instantly and have to shoot everybody. Yeah, it's just kind of... So that's how I chose to play the rest, the second half of the game, just violently charging in and <laughs> destroying everyone. That sounds really satisfying. Yeah, it's a it's a very satisfying game. 
and I think the other thing I'll mention about this one is that they do have some extremely uncomfortable cutscenes where they es- have a character espouse some views that are pretty fucking morally repugnant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing that the previous ones kind of didn't do nearly as much, or if at all. Yeah. Where, where this one is like, hey, uh, so since Nazis are a thing again, I guess we should say why they're bad instead of just, like, assuming people fucking know why. Yeah. Mm. Like, just put it all out there, and, like, that's yeah. a thing that you can absolutely do with yeah. storytelling. You can put those elements in there. They just have to be presented properly. Yeah. So, they do an interesting thing where it's it's all kind of centered on one character that is really, really awful. Mm-hmm. And that character isn't actually a Nazi as far as, you know, the Third Reich German heritage and stuff. It's BJ's dad. Oh, and, oh no! Yeah. That sucks. So, so this game picks up right where the first one left off, which kind of left BJ for dead. And then he's, you know, kind of in a bad state at the start of this the new one. And he's kind of having flashbacks to his childhood, like as he's kind of like in this almost coma state. Mm-hmm. And basically his dad drops the N-word like three minutes into the game. And I'm just like, oh, okay. We're doing this, huh? And then he starts, you know, ranting about the Jews and stuff. And it's like, oh, it goes so hard so quickly. I'm just like, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So obviously it's, you know, BJ fucking hates his dad. Right. Like, it's a, it's a big, you know... Yeah, so we're, like, we're thing. having those big moments where you're saying the big awful racist stuff, but we're yeah. framing it in the way that we've got the character there that's pointing... It's very <laughs> obviously pointing out, hey, this is fucked. Yeah, this is the character you're not supposed to like. And it's, I think it's good that they kind of limit it to these cutscenes, because there's another one about halfway... Or maybe, like, a third of the way through the game where... It gets completely unsubtle, where BJ's dad in the flashback is like... You know, we're going to kick out the blacks, the the Jews, the queers. We're going to make this a white man's country. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, Ooh. boy, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And I think it's interesting that that character isn't actually a Nazi. He's just agreeing with the Nazis. Yeah, like, like that's a great way to frame it. Be. Yeah, that's yeah. a perfect framing device. And I think it's good that, like, not every enemy you fight in the game is, like, spouting out racist stuff because that would get exhausting and it would kind of lose you would kind of lose the plot here and what you're trying to say as well so yeah that character is completely fucking awful (laughs) and like not even a good in a good way i mean it's well done i think yeah and then boy that game has some moments Mm. (laughs) that i that i can't dare spoil yeah, th- but, those are two games that I definitely plan on playing, so... Same. So, it's weird that they have, like, the super intense, like, hateful racist stuff, and then also, in the first, in the previous game, you go to the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my god, they're, yeah! They're also super fantastic at times, so I'm like, oh, is this game gonna top where the one part where you went to the moon in the first game? And then they kind of do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> lord. And, uh, I don't, don't know if I should say this or not. I get, I guess I will. Uh, Just Hitler, yeah, go for it. Hitler, Hitler is in the game. Of course! 
<laughs> and they clearly, well, I mean, that kind of goes without saying, but they hate Hitler. <laughs> so they make him. So the game is set in like 1966, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like 20 years after when World War II would have ended. So Hitler's significantly older. Mm-hmm. And he is just this senile old man. Like, basically, they make him look real shitty. Excellent. And to the point where, like, but, like, nobody questions him because he's a monster. Right. So he's just like, hold on, I have to go to the bathroom. And then he just <laughs> turns around and pisses on the floor. <laughs> Right in front of you, and everyone's just like, "Oh boy, here we go again." Oh, it's so good! It's like old Uncle Hitler come over yeah. to Thanksgiving. Oh no, he's pooping in the floor again. Yeah, he's just. But everyone's like trying to show respect for him as he's doing this, and it's just like, Ugh. oh, it's so good. And it's also like it's a good motivator for what eventually has to happen in the next game. Oh. Because you just want to fucking kill Hitler. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure they, they don't have, let you do that. They they let you, but the game immediately, like, game overs. Oh. Boo! Video game! I mean, they have a good setup for why you are not in the situation where you could get away with it right now, because you're deep in an enemy base. Understand. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's a good, like, oh, you could just end this right now. Mm. Yeah, that game's cool. And then the ending... Look, there's there's a lot of moments that just are jaw-dropping. Yeah, this game is definitely one of those that sounds like it's just littered with moments that yeah. are great. Yeah. I will say, as far as like gameplay-wise, it felt like maybe this didn't have quite the budget the first one did, because there's no boss fights anymore. Well, but I'm also like, like, I understand that the boss fights in the first game weren't all that great, either. Yeah, that's why I'm like so conflicted, because I'm like... I don't really remember enjoying any of the boss fights in the first game, but I definitely remember them. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that they're gone is, like, kind of a double-edged sword where it's, like, the gameplay becomes a bit samey when it's just waves of enemies. Yeah. And you don't have those kind of big climactic moments, but then those big climactic moments weren't really that good to begin with anyway. Like, there's kind of a final boss in this, and it's kind of the worst part of the game by, like, a large margin. Because I... Ugh, it's so fucking hard. So I just dropped the difficulty down to, like, not even easy, like, the one below easy. Oh, wow. Because okay. I actually died on easy, because it wasn't quite pulling its punches all the way. And I'm like, can I just take, like, 10% damage? <laughs> that might be enough, because it just... If you get caught on the out in the open and get hit with, like, a big laser blast, you're just like, oh, I'm dead, like, instantly. Mm. So, like, this one kind of big 10-minute climactic battle, I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And then I found out, like, oh, that was the end of the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoops. That's that's that's, yeah. that's totally fine. That game's cool. That's good. Yeah. Definitely something w- to check out. Yeah. I hope they get to make a third one. Because right now they have some, like, multiplayer thing next up. And oh, it's like, gotcha. oh, oh, boy. A multiplayer thing and, like, separately a VR thing, which I'm curious about. Hmm. The VR thing is like you piloting one of those giant robot dogs. Oh, that's actually kind of <laughs> cool. Just run around and flamethrower guys, which is always fun. Coolness. So, Polly, what have you been up to? Because I'm definitely not going to throw it to John. Oh, yeah. We're we are delaying that one. <laughs> we're actually just going to throw back and forth. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to volley back and forth until... <laughs> 
We will just tack John at the end. I'll take a nap and oh. let John monologue for an hour. <laughs> what have I been doing? Okay. Well, um, well, a weird game I kind of pulled out of uh, a Steam backlog. Uh, I didn't give it a real good chance last year when it was uh, given to me. You ever, you ever have somebody give you a gift on Steam and it's the worst feeling when you you, it's, uh, you play it and you're like, oh no, this isn't yeah. really good. And then you accidentally vocalize it and you're like, oh no, wait, um, I made them feel like crap. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah, video games are a weird gift when there's always the potential of hating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of felt bad, but it was more of like just a mood thing for me, and then it just bounced off of me kind of immediately. Um, it's, it's a game called Icy. Um, it's it, it's a weird little indie hack and slasher beat 'em up thing. Uh, you're this girl, and none of the story makes sense. <laughs> like literally at all. It's it's a meta narrative within a meta narrative. Oh boy. It's it's trying to go for layers and layers. It's trying to do the Stanley Parable thing of follow the arrow. Why aren't you following the arrow? If you go back and follow the arrow, that's where you're supposed to go. Here, since you didn't follow the arrow, I'll give you a treasure chest. Is that what you wanted? I'll give you an achievement. Here, take <laughs> that too. And it, it's kind of like it runs its course through doing all of those things, but it's also trying to do some kind of like HP Lovecraft story in the background too. Um. And I don't, here's the thing about this game story, it's narrator and every bit of just the entire bit of its narrative is that it was originally released in uh Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was given a a reportedly very bad translation at first, and then it was retranslated. So I don't know if everything in this game concerning its narrative is bad and completely incomprehensible because the translation's bad, or the translation's mm-hmm. confused, or if it's just not that good to begin with. Mm. But needless to say, I did everything in this game, I did everything it had to offer, pleading for any part of its narrative to make any (laughs) bit of sense. And I got literally fucking nothing out of it. (laughs) Are you just here to make the person who gifted to you feel bad again? No, because I actually liked playing the game. Good. Like, the hack and slash part of it, it's very, like, side view, devil may cry, launch enemies in the air, go crazy on them. It's very, like, that kind of game, but from a side view, it's got, like, a good enemy set that works well with the moves that you get. Um, And the, the enemy variety, like, each particular enemy works really well like like it feels like they really thought out how these enemy types would work with one another because there's not a whole lot of them so you've got a small little toolbox of these little enemy types that they can throw together to create these unique and fun little combat uh experiences in each and every part of the game and like you know, that's all really cool. Like the bosses are pretty fun. The last boss is a motherfucker though, and he juggled me for like twenty <laughs> seconds straight. <laughs> but that was because I didn't know. I didn't know that you could press the jump button to get out of being juggled because the game never tells you that. Oh man! 
Yeah, they so, just expect you're mashing. Yeah, they just kind of expect that you're mashing, but yeah, like, the last boss juggled me for, like, 20 <laughs> seconds, and I couldn't do any... I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is real fair. Okay. Um, but that part of the game is really good, and you play it through, you, you follow all of the arrows to basically follow the narrative through to its quote-unquote logical through line of the dumb, like... Cthulhu bullshit they're trying to tell. And Follow then you, the tentacle. There's not even a tentacle! What? Like, how is this HP Lovecraft and there's not a tentacle? Ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it, it's a decent little hack and slasher for, like, a couple of hours. My only real issue with it is that, like, once you kind of play through it and beat the boss, if you're going back through to kind of, like, reconstruct the rest of the story, like, you've already powered up, and the mm -hmm. game doesn't really, like, scale up or anything to compensate for that. So you're basically just running through the same areas again, but just one-shotting everything, and then, like, since it's, like, one of those kinds of games, everything is basically a combat arena that locks you in until... You, so you have to stop and kill everything. Mm. So... I don't know. Maybe play through it and just follow the arrows and don't try to make a lot of sense of it. It looks really good. And I really like the soundtrack, too. Like, the game's got a really nice presentation. It's very slick. Um, but, yeah, like, oh boy, if I understood anything about that story... <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> no fucking sense at all. Interesting. This is really funny to me because I saw the Steam, like, summary, like, two or three years ago. And then I, like, specifically pointed out, like, this is the most unappealing pitch I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, my was, God, like, really the person that gifted the me this game is in pitch. chat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Raniac. Love you. Raniac, I ended up liking it, okay? <laughs> it's all good. I liked actually playing the game. It's just... <laughs> It's just the story makes no sense. I think someone else gifted gifted. I think someone gifted me this game actually. Oh yeah, <laughs> to double check who it was, but I will probably play it at some point. Yeah, like give it a go. Like the, especially the... knowing that it plays nicely. Uh, the, the 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 combat's good. It's really fun. I like that part of it, and and like banging my head against that final boss for, for like twenty or thirty <laughs> minutes was a real like. It was maddening, but at the same time, it was just like, okay, I know what I'm doing wrong. I'm fucking up, and I'm not getting out of the jungle that the game never told me I could get out of. <laughs> so that's icy. It's pretty cool. Okay. Pretty cool, uh, uh, um... uh, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Did you get the version that comes with the Steam link? Oh uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> no wait, wait, remember... wait, 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 wait. No, I bought that separately. No, because yeah. I, I, I got my Steam link last year, but I bought it. But but I know that yeah. Icy came with it. But since yeah, it was I just already, remember since the game was already in my library, they just sent me yeah. the Steam link. Huh. Yeah, I just remember seeing a bunch of people buying the Steam link Icy combo, and I'm like, why is that a thing? Kind of weird. Yeah, it's like a de it's definitely like a weird thing for uh, to be combined together for sure. Yeah. Um. So, uh, on Christmas Eve, I decided to play. Uh, I decided to start playing another game. Really, mm. uh, one of those games that like kind of a lot of people were talking about last year. It was pretty big. And I, I know that anybody here uh, like Mega Man games. I like Mega Man games. They're okay, I guess. I played a lot of them. 
Yeah, yeah. I played Mega Man 11. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're going to talk about the Legacy Collection? <laughs> <laughs> I have that, but no, I'm not going to talk and about that. you were that. playing it. I was. I was. I was. I played through 1 through 3. I haven't done 4, 5, and 6 yet, though. Well, you play, You did the the ones that matter. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess you could argue that. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever want to play a 5 again, so, yeah. <laughs> Five is That's the, very fair. Five is the most boring Mega Man game in the world. But Proto Man's the villain. Oh my God. Not actually though. Not also, actually. So five has a really big charge shot. I just remember that like standing out to me at the time. I was like, whoa. Yeah, the charge so shot's big. big, but you can go play Mega Man Six, and it's a better game. And it's still got the big charge shot. That's true. No, they made the charge shot slightly smaller in six. I remember oh, when they? I got the six, like, oh, oh, feeling a little bit like, okay. Well, I will be finding out at some point. <laughs> So Mega Man 11. There you go. Okay. Modern update. I remember when this got announced, everybody was really bent out of shape about the way it looked for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. It was like, it looked, uh, it already looked like miles ahead of Mighty Number 9. I know, right? Yeah. I think his running animation is a little goofy, but that's it. Like, Like, I think the running animation is a little goofy because I think that this game is trying to kind of marry together the best of both worlds it's trying to bring it to that 2.5d era of say something like a bionic commander rearmed mm-hmm. but it's also trying mm-hmm. to maintain that nes simplicity and i think mm-hmm. this game does that very well because it feels really good to play like just like the first time you fire off a buster shot and you see it rip through like 10 enemies at once <laughs> it feels so good like, it's just, like, I can't explain it. It's just a game that, when I dropped into the first stage that I chose, I can't remember what it was, it was just like, this game immediately just feels fantastic. It's super responsive to everything you do. Just, like, it's giving you all the right feedback in terms of, like, your pea shooter and your Mega Buster. Uh, it, it just, like, makes a hell of a first impression, I think. And I think that that's kind of, like, what that game needed to do out of the gate. Since I, there's obviously a lot riding on it. So, yep. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, new to the Mega Man formula is you've kind of had to, like, update it a bit. You can't just do the same thing again, and I'm glad they didn't, is the double gear system. And these are... Oh, I've heard about this. This is like, the, you've got, like, the left button and the right button bumper whatever it is and you can press it to drop into a mode where you're either shooting and like firing off like um everything at two times power and like all of your weapons have like an upgraded form when you use them in uh uh power shot mode which is really cool um it really does fuck things up pretty hard (laughs) at, at the expense of quite a bit of juice um, and then you've got, uh, the speed gear, which slows everything down and makes everything like, like when you first get it, like you move really slow too, but you can actually upgrade it so that you are moving full speed while everything else is moving at like a quarter speed. Jeez. And it's, hey. they're really hey. simple additions, but I think that they add just the right little bit of you need a little something. You need a little yeah. bit of spice. And it just kind of felt real good to feel how those, how you utilize the gear system uh, in the level designs. Because the level designs are mostly good. Mm. Mostly. There are some stages that go on 
way too fucking long. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, yeah, there were some of those stages where I was just literally like, dude, come on. Because the way that I've seen <laughs> Mega Man level progression is usually they're based on a gimmick. <clears throat> And they will introduce that gimmick, and then you will do, and then throughout the course of the stage, you will do easy, normal, and hard versions of that gimmick. Then you mm. fight the robot masters. That's typically the tempo of a Mega Man stage. If you kind of go and look back at some of the better stages in the series, I feel that they all kind of follow that. Wow. <clears throat> and Mega Man 11, a lot of the times, throws that out the window. Mm. So sometimes mm. you'll come up on a gimmick. And you'll do, like, the first one, which is stu super baby easy. And then it'll be like, okay, here's... We're going to fucking kill you now. <laughs> we're literally just going to kill you with that new gimmick. Oh, so it's Mega Man 9. Basically. I was about to say, that's the, that is very much the vibe I kind of got to be playing 9 a little bit ago. was like, they're just kind of throwing a lot of gimmicks <laughs> at me, like, real hard immediately. 9 yeah. was just, fuck you, fuck you harder, fuck you, Max. But, like, <laughs> I feel that they balanced it well. Like, I feel, well, like, like the difficulty right. curve in 9, like, that game yeah, starts off actually... ball-stompingly hard. <laughs> yeah. But I feel that, like, the way that it difficulty curves up is it still feels like, even though it's not as much of a curve, given that it's already starting so high on the difficulty meter... Yeah. You know, it's still a smooth slope upward, whereas this game is kind of erratic and all over the place uh, in, in a lot of places. I said the Robot Masters are really well designed. They're really good fights. I don't dislike any of them except maybe, I don't know, Blockman. I don't think I like him you know, much. He's kind of bad. Because he is he invisible Blockman? No, he, <laughs> he what well, he gets an entire another fucking life bar in the middle of the oh, fight. Wow. <laughs> he turns like he has a completely different form. Yeah, I think I've seen a screenshot of that. He's the I think that's the level they put out as a demo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember people were like there's that start point towards the start where like you're running to the right obviously and there's a bunch of blocks sliding at you from the left yeah. towards the left. And people are like I don't know how to get through this and it's like well if you use the speed gear yeah, like you can just get way ahead of that cycle. That's the uh, thing about this game, and I find yeah. that the complaints about the difficulty is like this is a game that is very much bu built around the idea of using speed yeah. and power gear and using your robot weapons, mass robot um, master weapons for more than just poking at weaknesses. They want yeah. you to use these mid stage, and it's re like you can do a lot of really fun technical shit when you finally learn like what all of them do like this is a game that i definitely want to play through more uh, like i'm not going to just play this and be one and done like i want cool. to play this uh -huh. game because i know i can be better at it and i think that that above all kind of says like the most about how i yeah. feel about the game is yeah. this is like yeah, like my first playthrough, it was fun. It was sloppy as fuck, though. Like I was just feel, I was fumbling <laughs> around. But now that I know how things work and I know how all the weapons function and I know, like all the level designs, I can play through that again. Like one CC, it feel good about yourself. Things Ooh. like that. Like it's a really cool. Like like it's just everything about it is is pretty goddamn smart. The only the only real letdowns are that like. Some of the stages are kind of, eh, they go on a little too long. And, like, the Wily stages are very mediocre. And there's only two ah. of them. There's only two Wily <gasps> stages. What? 
There's... And is one of them just all eight bosses again? Two of the there's two Wily stages. They're just really okay. long rehashes of all the gimmicks that you've done before. And then there's like the 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 refight. The refight. Yeah. Okay. And then like the last boss isn't really that impressive either. Jeez. So, like I feel so it's it, a Mega Man game. Yeah, it, it's a Mega Man <laughs> game. It fizzles out a little bit by the end, but I still think that it's really fucking good. Like I had a lot of. I had a lot of fun playing it. I know that, like, I'm going to be playing that game again, like I said, just because, like, I want to get better at it and just kind of, like, just, you know, be a little better than I'm one and done and I'm over it. Because I'm not over it because I'm very excited to play that game again. It's got a lot of cool challenge mode stuff in it, too, if you want to dig into that shit. Really hard challenge mode shit. Like, yeah, they, they, didn't I, they go insane on, the like, the Legacy Collection with achievements like, beat the game without being hit? Yeah, they went crazy, but there's also, like, <laughs> specifically modified... Like, like the Legacy Collection has cool shit, like, where um, it'll be, like, a, a Mega Man 5 challenge, where, okay, we're gonna drop you into a random part of a Robot Master stage, go, run to it, get to a teleporter, and then we're transporting you into a random part of another Robot Master stage, get to another mm. teleporter. So, like, they make you do that through, like, eight portions of eight levels, like... And, and, like, this game has some shit like that, too, in it, plus some, like, time trial stuff, things like that. Um, like, obviously, like, buster-only challenges, things like that. So, like, yeah. there's there's a lot of meat here. Um, I think the difficulties aren't really super balanced, either. Because mm. there's, like, baby mode, which is way too easy. Yeah. And then there's, there's casual. There's, like, newcomer, casual, which... The only real difference is you take a bit more damage, and um, there are f- there are a few fewer checkpoints. Then there's normal, which yeah. is basically the default difficulty, where there's like hardly any power up drops at all. Which it's just felt mm. really weird to me that like the the like, like like there's hardly any health drops at all in normal, so it feels way harder than it should at some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was uh, I'm wondering if that's just because like they want you to worry more about e-tanks and stuff, but yeah, it kind of weirded me. And then like, uh, and, and then superhuman superhero, whatever it is, it's, it's complete trash. Oh uh, boy. It's literally take three times damage from everything. <laughs> and that's, uh, it. I swear. Like this happens in like a lot of indie NES kind of throwback games where like, they'll have a normal difficulty. That's a little bit too easy. And then the harder difficulty is just, no checkpoints, no lives, triple damage, you know, like, every modifier they can throw at you. Yeah, I think, like... To make it harder. Like, like Bloodstain's the only one that... Yeah, Bloodstain did not do it, but like, Onikin definitely does Onikin's that. got, like, that stupid, absurd, like, one-hit death, one yeah. life, no continues. That's kind like, of what I was thinking. Get out of here! <laughs> like, I like this game, but I'm not going to get that good at it. Yeah. So, yeah, like, Mega Man 11, like, I... Yeah, lives up to the hype. That game's rad. Cool. It sounds like a real action game in 2019, yeah, which is like nice and rare. Yeah, like it's straight up one of the better action platformers I've played in a while. Like I really it, appreciate, with the speed gear, them adding a bit of Beautiful Joe into Mega Man. Yeah, yeah, it just feels good. feels real good. He even calls it out, it kind of gives you that same vibe of Beautiful Joe, because it's got that like nice reverb on him shouting yeah. out speed gear and like... The way that it animates and everything. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's definitely Beautiful Joe inspired, I think. 
So yeah, that's that, that's Mega Man 11. It's a good game. Cool. Cool. John Thire! Yeah? Oh. oh, boy. I'm having... I'm in the middle of some bad intestinal distress, and I need a five-minute <laughs> break, actually. Okay. So, are, are we ready to throw it back to you, uh, John? Yeah. John Thayer, now that your butt is feeling better, it's cooled down, it's not melting off anymore, <laughs> what you been up to? Well, I played a game that I really, really liked and I want to talk about. Um, it's not a game that everyone here necessarily loved, but, you know, sometimes you just got to be true oh. to ideal. This is gonna and be it's gonna be a real fun episode for me, isn't it? Oh, I forgot about this. I'm so excited. But if you if you're not true to your ideal, then you might as well be dead. There you go. Uh, I played Celeste. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was drinking water right when Rhett did that little Yay! I almost I'm, fucking I'm choked. I'm grinning from ear to ear right now. I didn't expect it to sound like that. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm gonna make that a sub alert now. <laughs> That's that little yay is gonna be my new sub alert. Oh my god! <laughs> yay! It's very pure. Um, so Celeste is a game by Matt Thorson and a bunch of other people. Fluttershy is a game. <laughs> Um, I really like Thorson's games forever. I think they're kind of like, they're not like big beefy stories or something. They're just like, he made the Jumper series ages back. Um, I really liked his game his game with another friend, um, Run Man, Racer on the World, which is this cool time trial jump around real fast with really cool tight levels and a neat look. Um, excuse me. Um so I was already had my eye on this because I really liked the Pico 8 original. Um, so then I got really excited about the new one. And then I didn't play it for like a couple months. And then it got really popular. So then I was like, well, I don't want to play this now. Um, <laughs> I remember like, when this came out, everyone was losing their mind. And I'm just like, how could a platformer be that good? Will you guys shut up? Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, was, I, was, I was like that after I played it. <laughs> I was completely on board. And then it got really popular. And I was like, well... What? I'm going to play Luca. <laughs> um, oh, game of the year. Oh, real. That's not That's not the most basic bitch choice imaginable. <laughs> Ooh, whatever. Um, Somebody mad that they did not get picked. No, that's fine. That's fine. It's not. Obviously, it's cool that it got higher than me on the best gameplay thing on Dari's poll. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it doesn't have like really cool tight resource management stuff. It's a good <laughs> feeling platformer. Who cares? Um so I actually did play it, and I really liked it a lot. Um, the dominant feeling I took come away from Celeste was like, this is like if Nintendo games are actually good. <laughs> this is like what Mario could be really easily. This is like what Kirby could do really easily. It's just a really nice, good-feeling platformer. Um, with a soul. With a soul. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um I'm the one sitting here barfing now. Okay. Um, okay, so this, this, let's just do that story thing. Um, <laughs> <'cause> <sighs> part, this, 
the mechanisms operating Celeste's story seem very straightforward to me. Like, it makes sense, I think, and when we talked about it on, like, the Gotti and whatnot, or before that, it kind of came with my sense of, like, I don't know what this is even doing, what this is doing, what it's doing, what this has to do with, I don't know, mental illness or anything real or human. Um, And I think that's fair. Um, For me, it's, it seems like the way to bounce off of Celeste's story is that it's very doing something very straightforward. And if it seems like too simple and sentimental um, or maybe naive, and that's what you bounced off of, that would make sense to me. It more just than feels it so make- on the nose to me that mm-hmm. like, there's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's nuance to it. It just feels so on the nose and like Walmart brand. Here's <laughs> anxiety. Here's self doubt. Woo. Yeah, the wind pretty- push her down. Bosh, you got back up. Because <laughs> um, when you said that originally, what I was worried about was would be that I'd play the game and then I'd just be like... And then she conquers her mental illness forever and beats the mountain and it's great and everyone's happy, happy doo which is kind of what happens. But the nuance of how her relationship with the, with, you know, purple, purple Celeste goes down, purple Madeline, um, was different than I expected. And just a little bit more, just ever so slightly more mature than I expected. Kind of like, like I was playing the, I played the last two chapters with my mom in the room and she was like, Oh, it's like inside out. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly it. This is (laughs) Pixar movie depression. And I like, I'm cool with that because, again, I was playing it like, I was just thinking like this feels like what a Nintendo game could be, where it's not like doing something very complicated, but it's doing it well. And it makes me feel things, and it actually has a fucking climax. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really like the whole summit level. Uh, both summit is fucking amazing. It's amazing, but the music's great. The it's doing the really nice thing with the story and the the it actually brings back all these gimmicks instead of doing the Nintendo game where it just has gimmick, 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 new gimmick, new gimmick, new gimmick, new gimmick, end. <laughs> Which frustrates me. Um, so... It's, I think it's kind of funny that they pull off the bring back all the gimmicks thing mm-hmm. when there's also the B-sides that bring back all the gimmicks and then a B-side of Summit that brings back all the gimmicks and then there's the C-sides <laughs> and then the C-side for level 8 is literally just all the gimmicks one more time. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, so it it feels fully explored formally, which you oh, know, like Mario God, Odyssey yeah. Didn't. Um, because I I beat Mario Odyssey and then I went and got the five hundred moons and then I did the super post game level and I still felt like I hadn't been pushed at all yeah. and done anything interesting. Um, yeah. So this doesn't do that. This felt like I was actually being kind of pushed a bit, and I did not. I did not finish all the B sides or anything, or get all the strawberries. I got a lot of them, um, but I I was able to play it for like fifteen hours and then leave it when I felt like I was ready to leave it, and I think that's nice. I wonder if you make um, like a real shitty pie in the ending if you don't get any strawberries at all. I think you do. I saw a screenshot of zero strawberries, and they're just kind of all looking at it with no strawberries <laughs> in there. They kind of have a funny look on their face. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That would be the poly playthrough. 
Because, yeah, for me, the resonance of that ending was also that I was taking it kind of slow, going back and doing B-sides and getting all the strawberries. So getting, like, once I once I finished the game, it kind of sucked the wind out of it to mm. want to go back and do too much more, which is fine, which is fine because I took my time getting there. Um, so, but yeah, the, the nuance of the thing isn't that, oh, she's just got to beat all this part of her. It's that... This is the doubt, the anxiety, the depression. It just is a part of her, and the way out of that isn't to mm-hmm. delete it, to expunge it, to completely just surpass it. It's to just accept that, that is a part of you and move forward given that, and that that gives a lot of strength, which I thought was sweet. And that that's like... It, it felt like... um. I felt like I played it. I was like, oh, that was so sweet. And then it made me imagine like what I looked like when I finished Shovel Knight. Um, the oh. Something of... Sh- Plague of Shadows. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was that was cute and sweet. Stone-faced. So I don't... I think it makes more plenty of sense to bounce off of this just because it's... It is that it's... Hmm. Because it is not doing anything like particularly challenging, um, I was I enjoyed it because I was thinking of it in terms of there's a place for this sort of game, and this is an actual good example of it. When the ones that should be the people that should be making this sort of game are failing at it over and over, um, so that made me happy about Celeste. It was like, okay, someone can do Pixar Disney video games. Like I want more of that. Not necessarily because that's going to be the deepest experiences I get out of games because it's it's going to be good. It's better for kids. It's better for people that are getting into games for the first time. It's better for all the people that Disney, Pixar, that kind of thing helps. So that was kind of my takeaway, if that's fair. I'll let you have it. I'm just not going <laughs> to agree with it. I think okay. John should stop apologizing for how Polly feels about this game. Yeah, like I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's probably what you should probably stop doing. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I just, yeah, I had a, I had a really fun time. It felt, it feels really good. And then I replayed the Pico Eight game, and it was really nice still. So, it doesn't feel like there's a lot to talk about. It kind of, like I was really hyped to talk about it when I finished it, and now it's kind of, yeah, my brain kind of, a little bit. I like forgot that. Because it hasn't been like over a month since we did an episode, <laughs> and uh, you played this like right after we did Game of the Year, mm-hmm. so it kind of just left my brain a bit, <sighs> and I think that's maybe and, a sign. And you, and you didn't finish the B sides. I didn't no. finish the B sides. I'm sorry. B side seven is real good. Like I, I'm probably gonna do that one because there's I, I a really like little that. bit more story at the end. Okay. I appreciate that. I know. I do admit that like once you finish the main story, especially when you hit the C sides, like. Like, there's nothing driving you forward because you're done the story. Mm-hmm. Like, level 8 is fine, but it's, like, so clearly kind of a bonus thing that doesn't really oh, matter. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, this is the this is the Nintendo game thing of we gotta have all the strawberries and we gotta have all the bonus levels. And... Well, you don't need the strawberries. The strawberries really don't do anything. That's what's funny. That is funny. Um, so it's just like that 
like that that was that's part of why yeah. I maybe did, it didn't maybe stick in my brain as quite as much as it maybe felt like it was going to when I finished it. It's like, okay, this is not necessarily my ideal kind of game. It's just a very good example of mm. a kind of game that needs to exist. I mean, I'm not so, going to fault a game too much for having too much content. Like, yeah, the fact that I mean, like, like I said, I, I jumped out of it when I I parachuted out when I felt ready to, and I yeah. just felt very satisfied. No, I man, this... indie games they cost way too much, and they're oh, and they're oh, and they're over in literally an hour. <laughs> All they do is ride on nostalgia. Uh, I think I spent an hour on like the last scre- screen of Seaside Seven, and eventually God. just had to stop because it's so much. <laughs> and then there's a cherry tree at the end and it makes you feel bad for not getting there oh no that's fine but then I looked up Seaside 8 and went fuck that ha! nope I'm out fuck this shit I'm out like I'm not dedicating three hours to that or however long it would take oh, that's funny so that's the Celeste Journey it's probably my favorite game I've played on my Switch um, it feels like a very switchy game um, there are other things, I don't know, I think that's, I think I've said my piece. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to get out, is just like a little thing, because I'll be taking, taking over the, taking over the podcast forever. <laughs> yeah, bit. go for it. Um, I finished the, I got, I got all caught up with the Treat RPGs, RPG series. On. I want to play them, but I have not put aside the time to do so. Mm-hmm. It is a series of five episodic RPG Maker games um, that are just really they're just being released sequentially um, the first one was made in like three weeks next one was like a couple months and then the most recent one took like a year so they're just escalating in this complexity in a really cool way Boy, I know that uh, feeling. Yep. Um, they are just a series of short no combat love story RPGs um like 45 minutes like usually about a half hour to an hour long mm. um and they are just soft and gentle and the aesthetic is perfect and nice and they're just nice little character pieces character journeys the second game takes place from the perspective of the other main character from the non pov main character of the first game then the third game is from the perspective of the tertiary character from the first and second game um, so it just fleshes everyone out in this really cool way. Right. Time we get to the seventh game, we'll be like the tree in the main character's front <laughs> yard. That their perspective. <laughs> yeah, the fifth game is the first one that actually goes back to because the fourth game is from the perspective of a new character, and then the fifth one it actually goes back to Lonely Wolf Treat from the first game. Um, the premise is that you are a cute wolf girl who arrives at, who is just kind of roaming around without a home and arrives at a little bunny village looking and once goes in to buy cup noodles and everyone hates you because you're a wolf and they're all bunnies. So they, they're afraid of you. But then a very sweet bunny girl meets you and then doesn't, isn't afraid and then they talk and... Then they the fuck! Other... Um, yeah. <laughs> um... No. Well, yes, but... Um, and then they fall in love and it's sweet, but then the other bunnies are like, you shouldn't be talking to that wolf. And it's it's this... That kind of premise, but just yeah, played in a really... Like, the bunny's like, 
Girl, you ain't even had wolf pussy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> when she put that on you, oh my god, girl. Let me tell you something. Uh, I have to leave now. Um, and a big part of the game just centers around, like, a lot of it is just watching is these two, like, making nice meals together, which is really the best kind of any video game. Is just anything with a lot of food where two people in love make <laughs> together oh my god um so i really liked it you can here i'll put a itch link Um, yeah throw a link in the chat yeah um but these are just soft nice free like they're exactly the kind of games i want to make and celebrate really heather likes bunnies she'll love this and just start at the beginning play them all in order it's it, it made me believe in sequential storytelling in games, which I hadn't really before. What? Like, <laughs> what? what is that statement? That doesn't make any sense. What I mean is like, mm, you're right. What I mean is like, <laughs> these don't, these finished. It's being released like a webcomic, basically. Like it was mm-hmm. like every, the first ones, the first three came out in this span of like three months. And then every single one of them ends with to be continued. Like it's just mm-hmm. an ongoing There's story. There's like a project I want to do that's like, sort of like this, but I need more people. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Ain't, ain't that the truth. Yeah. What you don't want to do is make a game by yourself for three and a half years. Nope. Don't do that. It's... Don't do that. No. Because then you'll you release it on Newgrounds do... and everybody will shit on you for it. What mm. you don't want to do is bet your livelihood on that oh, game that you spent a bunch sure. of time making. That's probably that, a bad idea, it. too. Yep. Um, so, maybe it could be worse than the Newgrounds thing. Um, so that's the Lonely Wolf Tree series. I just linked it. Um, I, I completely love it. It's just, I'm very excited for the next one, which is in development. Okay, so but, where do we go for the smut side comic? That's right there. On, it's linked on the oh, page. Oh, it is? Okay, sorry. And it is canonical as of the fifth game. <laughs> which was, like, the most, like, catharsis like, oh, we're hitting, like, this is like a season finale, but then it ends on, like, the most, the worst gut punch imaginable. So I was just like, oh, oh, I need the next one now. Oh, man. I love so it. It's like, Rhett, and Rhett's they, just looking for that wolf believe, pussy. Oh, Jesus. The art I think maybe what you meant to say is that it makes you believe in, like, episodic games. That's what I meant. Yeah. Not sequential well, storytelling. I, mean, I, believed, I believed in episodic games when the first The Walking Dead was good. <laughs> and then... Walking Dead, the latest season, made you not believe in episodic games anymore. Those don't exist, mm. just like anything after mechanical animals. Uh. Oh, that's funny. So that's my that's my piece. I'm basically done. I don't have anything else to talk about. No. So, <laughs> so Rhett, what have you been up to? So I, so we're go we're I'm very quickly covering you know the last month and a half or whatever. So I played uh, Wolfenstein and then I played Sonic for it. Oh no! I played Sonic Lost World, which is ah. a Wii U exclusive on PC. Ugh, that game's that, that bad. game's not very good. No, that game's poop. Like, I think mechanically it's more interesting than Forces because Forces is literally just hold up and boost to win. Mm-hmm. So like, this is trying to do something new, but is that thing just beat Mario Galaxy but bad? It's yeah. It really wants to be Mario. Imagine like, a Sonic really game with a run button. It has a run button. It has like the planetoids from Mario Galaxy, like 
straight up. The desert level also has a dessert theme as like a goof, which apparently is also in New Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Yep. And then the final boss is just that big red guy, and then he gets real big, like full screen, and kind of chases you just like Bowser. And I'm like, okay, like how much are you guys gonna be like, hey, we Mario too? Like, yeah, like when this game came out. They like they were like a lot of comparisons and a lot of laughing. Ha ha! It's just Mario Galaxy. And then I it, played it and thought, it really "Oh my god! Kind of it really <laughs> is. It's just bad Mario Galaxy." Yeah, like I didn't hate it. I eventually kind of came around on it to a point, and then it kind of gets bad again at the end. But like all whatever. Sonic games, really. What I realized after playing that was that I can't be trusted to choose what games I play anymore. No, I look. <laughs> Because you came up with a whole new idea that I loved bits. But, like, I got, like, ten games for Christmas, like, a bunch of gifts and a couple I bought for myself. And I looked at, like, this list of 50 games, and I chose to play Sonic Lost World. Because I was like, "Mm, what if I eat trash? It was basically the mentality. So, yes, I have come up with a new method for choosing what game I play, which is... Just put the names of all the games in a box onto little pieces of paper and just pull one at random, and that's what I'm playing for the next until I beat it. And I am the one that he's staying accountable to. I have yeah. seen the videos of every pull <laughs> from the box. I recorded everyone. I sent the Tower of Five Hearts one to John because he gifted that to me. Mm-hmm. He was, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, that game's not that great. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I-, I did get that cat, though. You did! Hooray! <laughs> and, that, and then I immediately lost interest. <laughs> Anyways. So I made a little roulette for myself, basically. Like, okay, there's like over... Uh, like, the box keeps getting bigger. That's the, the, the heartbreak of this, is that I don't even have to keep buying games. Like, I'll just pick up stuff I want to play through giveaways and stuff, where it's like... Oh, okay, uh, what remains of Edith Fitch is free. I'm going to throw it in the box. <laughs> so, like, I've beaten, like, seven or eight games and added, like, six during that time. It's, like, fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, the box is all-consuming. Like, what? my favorite part of the box is that uh-huh. it's got the word shave on it, but it looks like shame. <laughs> Maybe I'll just write shame on it in real big letters. Yeah, you should just write shame on it at this point because it's, like, it's a box that you used for a lot of things, but shave yeah. is one of them. And the first time I saw it, it's like, does that say shame? It's it's a real big marker, so it's messy. Anyways, I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously, but the first one I pulled was Bayonetta, and, and I was like, okay, yes, the box, with the, banger. the box fucking redeemed your shitty choices. So it's just like, here's all these games I've had on Steam for, like, at least a few months. Like, I think I got that on the Thanksgiving sale. Mm -hmm. And then didn't play it, because I've got, like, 50 games to play. Why am I... You know? And then it's like, okay. Like, I've reached clarity. I don't have to think about what I'm going to play. I'm just going to play Bayonetta. And then I really (laughs) liked it. Yeah. And boy. The first half of that game, okay. Like, it's a really good feeling platinum action game. Uh-huh. And, like, the second half <laughs> just fucking goes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're we're Space Harrier now. We're actually, like, playing the Space Harrier music and giving you the little green bullets. And then yeah. you're <laughs> running off the sides of buildings fighting John. And, like, 
fucking shit's going mad, and then you're in space fighting God, and then you throw God into the sun. I yeah. think that's how it went. Yeah. I did not think they were going to have you fight God at the end. I thought they were going to put that off a sequel bait, but nope, they just went I, for it. I thought, I, I thought the other I, guy was going to be the final boss. I 100% got final boss tricked. Yep. So I was like, that's, that's a, a good pretty- feeling. Because I was like, oh, is this guy going to have another form? Like, I understand that that was the final boss, but it did feel maybe a tiny bit underwhelming. And then it just goes. Yeah. Like, John is riding up a missile on a motorcycle <laughs> into space. Like, fucking holy shit. That game they, is yeah, so they, good. They pulled off letting the villain win for a bit to have that final boss in a good way. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing about video games, like, stories in general. It's like... Well, you have to have the villain kind of win to activate the big super end of world thing, because you need a final boss, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So they they do that, and it's it's insanity. Yep. And then I so like the box reaches equilibrium because I immediately bought Bayonetta two on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I actually wrote Bayonetta two down on a piece of paper and put it in the box yet because I actually bought it for the digital version of Bayonetta 1. Oh. So I started playing that again just on like lunch breaks and stuff at work. And like seeing that game run on this little handheld is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, like that thing's optimized to shit. Yeah, and it actually runs really well. Like I have gotten some slowdown and it feels real fucking bad when you get slowdown because it just drops to 30. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. like it goes half speed. But like 99% of the time it's fine and like you get all these dumb Nintendo costumes like so if you dress up as Peach or uh, Daisy when you do the big hair attacks it's just a Bowser fist (laughs) and it'll do like a Bowser grunt too like the voices are right and then the other one I like is Samus because Samus is awesome and then when you do the guns it just plays the gun of sound from Super Metroid yeah And I guess once you get, I haven't gotten quite far enough. Once you get the like the wolf form, the, like the dash thing, mm-hmm. I forget what what it was. When you're using the Samus costume, it's just the morph ball instead, <laughs> and that's so perfect. So that, that game's really good. That game's so fucking good. Yeah, I felt yeah. So that was the fun part about restarting it immediately on the Switch version. Is like. Oh, I feel I feel good at this now. Like I kind of understand one of these games for once. You kind of like get not... that, like like I like I was saying with Mega Man Eleven, is that you kind of get yeah. that experience now of getting to play it mm-hmm. through and like get better rankings on each fight and shit like that. Mm. Yeah, it's like oh, I can like actually have a chance at beating a chapter without dying. <laughs> that game's really like, hard too, and maybe not get all stone rankings. <laughs> I got a lot. I got a lot of stone rankings my first time. Yeah, we all did. But it's also like, well, I could be doing awesome, and then you hit a QTE and you just die. And it's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, I did not like the QTEs in There's those some, games. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool, like, starting over and kind of having that knowledge and being able to kick ass. And I think because it feels more simple, definitely simpler than, like, Devil May Cry, oh, which yeah. is like, the most technical one. It's not as combo monster obsessed. Well, like, the the... The, the the loading screen has like all of these fucking combos and shit that you yep. can do and all the ones that you can buy and upgrade, but I don't feel that it leans into it quite as much as Devil May Cry tries to. So here's the thing on the PC version. What loading screen? 
Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good point. It's yeah. I I'm not even joking. It fades up and immediately fades down. Like I can see it. I don't have time to read any of the combos. It's like literally instant. Even on the Switch, it's really fast. Like you get like two seconds. Yeah, the 360 version, it would be like 45 seconds or something. Holy shit. Yeah. The PS3 is even worse. I've heard Legends of that port. I'm not interested in that one. I have that port, unfortunately. It's not very good. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine like this game not being 60 frames a second because it kind of needs that. Yeah, you need that fidelity. So like, how is the 360 one? It's, I mean, it's the version that was the version to play. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's still pretty good. It holds, it holds up. Yeah, I wonder how the Wii U one is. That's the one I played. That's wild. Seems all right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I had Bayonetta two on the Wii U. Um, I'm sore about that. I've heard. I've actually heard people say Bayonetta two is like the better game in general and the better one to start with, which is wild to me. Mm. Mm. But I'm so, I have I have trusted associates who are like, well, I like the first one more, even though everyone likes two more. It's one of those things. Where but we it's have like long since come. We have long since crossed the bridge that everybody you talk to literally has the <laughs> worst opinion ever. What? I will say one thing regarding the climax of this game. They play the song "Fly Me to the Moon" constantly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why the fuck do you not actually fly to the moon at the end? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Come on, that would have been hilarious if you just throw the boss into the moon and then just fight them on there. Yeah, no, while that yeah. while that plays, you're not wrong. Like it's it just feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Maybe the sequel. I don't know. I like don't know anything about the sequel. Yeah, I I've think not, you go to hell in it. I've not played two, unfortunately. Well, I've played two, but I don't have a way to play it. Yeah, because it's never coming to PC or anything. So yeah, it's it's so wild that Bayonetta two came out. And then they put Bayonetta 1 on PC. Yeah. Like, two years later. It was. It's kind of like that weird Catherine thing going on right now, where Catherine see, just released yeah. on PC, but it's called Catherine Classic, but full body edition is coming out, like, in a couple months. I, I want to know what Sega Executive is authorizing their PC ports, because they've been so random. Yeah. Because first it was like, remember Typing of the Dead? Yeah, Typing of the Dead. I remember when Valkyria got announced, yeah, and that was like, Val- holy shit. That was like so a Val- big deal. Yeah, Valkyria Chronicles comes out on PC and just like 100% revitalizes that franchise in the West. Yep. And then they just put Bayonetta out, even though that's kind of a Nintendo exclusive now. And then they just put Vanquish out, which is like fine, finally. Yeah. It's just, it just seemed, yeah, and then Catherine, like two months before, your $60 Definitive Edition, like, whoops. Why would you put out a $20 version right before that? Yeah, it, that, it, it's weird. People think problem. that Persona 5 is coming, but I'm just like, don't hold your breath. I mean, they're not mm-hmm. the same engine, even though people keep saying they are. They're not. I mean, I think any Persona would satiate people at this point. Yeah, like, I would all... take Nocturne on PC. That would be right. Oh, which one is that? That's Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Oh. <laughs> it's the really like like that's that is the PS2 Shin Megami Tensei game two uh, O mm-hmm. really. It's Shin Megami Tensei three basically. I was thinking more like the definitive editions of like three or four. Like people would probably be pretty happy about that as well. Hey, I like Colin's idea. Let's give him Persona One Portable. 
Man, people would be real pissed if they were like, man, we got Persona coming to PC and it's just and it's Persona. just the first game. It's just Persona 1, the PSP remake. I think there's actually a is a PC version of the first game from like 98 or yeah, something. Yeah, I think that might they actually exist. Just put that on Steam, people would lose their mind. <laughs> okay. It doesn't even run on modern OSs. <laughs> just it's like slap it game. in DOSBox. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so can I do two games? Yeah, I yeah. yeah. So I played a bunch of other games. I don't even kind of remember. Um, the box I've, is making I've, a blur just, now. The box the, is kind of making everything a blur. Yeah, I've just been fucking crushing through games. Because so far, it's pick, generally picked some really short games. Yeah, like you've, you've been kind of so, tearing like, through things. Now that I'm obeying the box, if it pulls, say, a 60-hour RPG, I'm just going to be <laughs> hey, like, okay, I trust you. The one Boy, game I haven't finished... The box. The one game I kind of shrugged at was uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy because oh that's my a bit god, of a, that, that's a bit of a hard commit. That game is so me- yeah. much meaner than I kind of realized. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I got up to the, like the blue sky section and was like, okay, I I really don't want to fall right now, so I'm going to close this. And then I closed it for like a week, and then I opened <laughs> it back up like two days ago, and immediately <laughs> fell back down to the start of the game because I was kind of not in the headspace you need to be in for those controls. So, like, you, I just immediately hit a bad angle and just, whoop, you're down, you're, you're done. And, and I closed it. It was just like, okay, that's that's that game. Because every time you fall, it plays, like, a cl- clip of, like, true strength is learning to get back up. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> that's what's so good, though. It's so funny. It's it it kind of so reminds me of the way that, so like, Funny. It's sort of the opposite of what Gradius Five does to you. It just chides you for being a little pansy for not being able to handle it. <laughs> I was thinking the way John is laughing at it, like it's a comedy <gasps> game. Like it feels like yeah, a much a more, it's more honest version of I want to be the guy. <laughs> I can see. Whereas that. Whereas I want I want to be the guy is just fuck you. Yeah. Through like bullshit you couldn't see coming. And this is all stuff you see coming. And then the physics just fuck you in a way. Because <laughs> the thing you realize is that gravity is just, it's working against you. It's infinitely harder to climb than it is to fall. Yeah, gravity, start, gravity's just always keeping me down. Gravity always wins. Gravity yeah, it's just... It's just funny the way that, like, that very... Towards the start, there's kind of this big slope and, like, you can spend... You could spend an hour getting up it, and then you get one bad bounce, and you just tumble down the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, it's fucking ruthless. But that's not actually the game I wanted to talk about. The next, I, I, I kept playing it until I um, ran out of voice clips for the main thing, and then I was like, okay, um, I can't, I cannot finish now. Like that's yeah. a, that's something I thought you would have stuck through of all people. Yeah, no, I I, I respect it deeply. I think it's doing just what it wants to do. <sighs> I was I, I was playing it on my phone version and I don't think oh, the controls are quite oh, as well. Oh, that's oh. Anyways, I think what Go is ahead. hilarious about that game is that it became relatively popular and it starts off for a while talking about this game called Sexy Hiking, like it is some like some monumental like guidepost game of like that. Oh, we all get this reference to Sexy Hiking. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Right. And it's some old game maker game. I was like, "Oh yay!" It's like, "Oh, you're speaking my language." Like, I, like sexy hiking is this cultural touchstone. I know. Which, 
which I loved. It's like referencing some glorious train wrecks game, and so in an, a five color indie game, I'd be like, yes, yes, thank you. John, the one person who played the the Pico version of Celeste before the remake. <laughs> Anyways, I kept following the box, and it brought me to Iconoclasts. Mm. Oh, I'm excited about this one. So this is the newest game from the guy who did Noi 2 Love 2 and other very good action games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very treasure-inspired, just yeah. super over-the-top crazy goodness. Mm-hmm. This is kind of his. This is his hunters, as I would say. Yeah, like, this one. This was a project that like we'd been hearing about for like five oh years. God. Oh, longer than that yeah. because he actually released a kind of a free game, short free demo thing called Ivory Spring. Yeah, in like two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and the first half hour of Iconoclasts basically is a remake of Ivory Spring. Mm. Like it's it's the exact same story. But, like, the mechanics are a little bit different, but it's, like, it's the same game, like, straight up. So, like, this has been an idea that's been percolating for, like, easily a decade. Right. And, like, I've seen stuff where, like, oh, this character Mina actually comes from an an even older game called Mina of the Pirates, and she's a pirate in this game. So, like, you can trace it back to, like, 2005. So, like, but the fact, so this game was made by one person. Like, Mm. music, graphics, story, everything. Yeah. And it's wild when you beat the game. It's just a game by Konjak. And then it has a bunch of localization credits. Because <laughs> the entire game was, was made, made by, by Konjak. Yeah. And that's God. wild. Because the, the sprite art is so good. Like, I know there's a lot of games now with really good sprite art. I mean, and I think there's, yeah. You could call Celeste a game with really fantastic sprite art. Yeah. And I think there's some games, though, where, like, I guess you could accuse kind of cross code of this where it's like kind of falls into a generic, really good style Yeah. where it's like everything looks really nice, but it has no kind of flair to it and just kind of starts to blend together. I think this game is really good at having like a good, bright, vibrant style that doesn't feel generic. Like it doesn't kind of go, Oh, you know, looks like a SNES game. Like it kind of stands on its own and the animations are super good. The characters are really sharp. And the and the first area is super pleasant, kind of like Green Hill Zone, mm-hmm. and then the story gets super dark in this game, and it's very dark and depressing storyline. So you didn't know what iconoclast meant when and you I started. I didn't know what that game. word meant. Yeah. Either. <laughs> I that... heard someone compare the story in this to Mistborn, and I was like, "All right, cool. Mm. I want it." Go ahead. I mean the story. So, iconoclast is a word meaning, like, tear down your icons, basically. So, it's a lot of the kind of JRPG-ish, like, hey, the god these guys believe in, we don't. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know how to kind of frame it. Like, a lot of the broader strokes of the story are kind of really generic, where it's like, you've got the pirates that are the rebels, and then the big bad government, oh no... But, like, what I think saves it is the character writing is, like, incredibly sharp. Cool. And, like, the characters kind of feel like real people with real motivations, which is a little weird because one of the player character is basically a superhero who could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. But everyone else is like, you're going to get yourself killed. And I'm like, nah, I'll be fine. I'm a video game protagonist. (laughs) (laughs) That's extremely my shit. Just doing the the Star Wars thing, but making it it really work is my shit. 
the story gets kind of crazy by the end, though. You, like, you mentioned something happening. Oh, well, there's there's one scene that just left me hating a character like more than I thought I could hate a character, basically. <laughs> and that's not so something I had heard that this game could do to people. Like, I've not heard people talk about this game's story as much as they do. The, oh, it's a Metroidvania. And, uh-huh. Oh, so that's the other thing. Ostensibly, it is a Metroidvania, but it's kind of not. Like, you don't have to engage with that at all, really. Like, much more of it is kind of structured like Hunters, where you'll be in the first area and you'll kind of have an open, small play field to play through, and then your story will put you in the second area. Right. And you can't can't go back to the first one until eventually you do get fast travel, but there's basically never any reasons besides a few story points to go back to previous areas. Mm. And I feel like, I don't know, it seems like a game we're kind of running back and forth and 100%ing would be kind of pointless. Because, like, one thing the game is really bad about is giving you rewards for exploring. Oh. Because, and this isn't too much of a knock against it, because I I don't mind a game being a linear story-based thing. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's me. I'm totally yeah, on board that, with that. That's kind of my jam. But, like, the real problem I found is that there's a system in this very similar to Hollow Knight had the, what are they called, the charms? Yeah. And it's like, knowing that this game was in the works for so long, like, obviously, I'm not calling it a ripoff. It's kind of interesting that they came to the exact same system, basically. Where in this, you can have three tweaks equipped at once, mm-hmm. and, and you can only equip them at save points. Hmm. So, like, it's on the surface, I'm like, oh, my God, they did the, the, did the charms from Hollow Knight. And then they kind of bungle the rest of it. Oh. Because tweaks will break as you get hit. And then as you defeat exp- enemies, you'll kind of they'll kind of repair themselves, similar to how like you'd collect the experience from enemies in Cave Story, and your guns would power back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem is that a tweak will break after one hit, Yuck. which is just way too fucking easily. And then the tweaks just aren't very interesting whatsoever. Oh, uh, that's bad. Like none of them were really good. The only one I liked was called Meditation which would let you repair tweaks by ducking. And then there's a special little animation where your character goes into an anima- uh, meditation pose instead of the normal duck animation. Uh, so, yeah. I thought, so I thought because that one did kind of a cute new thing that was unique, like that one I liked. But for the most part, they're like, run a little bit faster or spin the wrench a little bit longer. Like real basic and boring stuff. Just kind of like mm-hmm. stuff where it's just like, are you kind of afraid to give the player a little yeah. bit of an advantage here because you're afraid it'll like throw the balance off completely? Which, to be fair, yeah. that is a legitimate concern when you're balancing mm-hmm. a video game. Yeah. So like none of them are really interesting and they break too easy. And then the problem is, is that every treasure chest in the game is just materials to craft them. Oh. Uh, so... There's really oh. no reason. Yeah. So I can just, there, like, play the action totally, game part. Yeah, you can totally ignore it. I'm, I'm liking the sound of this even more now. I think Because <laughs> I think I got the meditation one from a side quest. There's a couple side quests. Not like It's not like a whole system of, you know, 50 side quests. There's, like, maybe three or something. Right, right. And so I found one of them. It's like, deliver this letter back and forth. So I did that, and I think I got the meditation one at the end of that. So it's 
it's very ignorable is basically what I'm saying. But I think that's why I'm hesitant to call it a Metroidvania because it's not like you're getting health power-ups. You're uh, getting crafting equipment for these tweaks that aren't Yeah, like that is craft. the one thing people focus down on that game hard for. Is just because like, they, it's don't me- know any, they don't know any other word. <laughs> it's like, okay, man. Oh, yeah. Listening to people talk about video games is stupid, and we should all stop doing it. <laughs> We're literally it. <laughs> listening to each other talk about video games right now. Thanks for explaining the joke, raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> Also, this game has a character that is just straight up Mizar, but well written. What? Mizar is awesome. <laughs> Which I super. But boy, this game's version goes hard. That's good. Yes. Like, I was kind of like, oh, I know who this character reminds me of. She's my favorite. And then she goes off the deep end, like, significantly worse. And I'm like, oh no, I feel so awful now. Because <laughs> there's a part where she just chases you. With a rocket launcher? Yeah! Oh, wow! So not yes. only does she have the rocket launcher, but she's also invincible in that part, so you just have to run away. Yeah. So it's like literally two bits from Hunters at the, at the same time. And I'm like, okay, that's a little <laughs> weird. Huh! Very specific scene yeah. you, you did there. So <laughs> I, I see my own games and everything is basically what I'm saying, but this one felt more on the nose than usual. Well, yeah, because like the the the, the whole Mizar thing at the yeah. end of that game is very much like mm-hmm. like that's super memorable. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the best. What's crazy for this though is that I can't believe I'm the one saying this. I feel this game might go a little too far at some places. What? Because I kept thinking this game was about to end. Mm -hmm. And then it kept going. So you'd have this real big climactic moment. And I'm like, oh man, if the game just fucking hard cuts to black here, that'll be the craziest ending ever. And then it keeps going. Oh. And then I'm like, oh man, is this the end? This is crazy. And then it keeps going. (laughs) So it, honest to God, three like faked me out at least three times, <laughs> and then I got to what absolutely, absolutely, absolutely had to be the end. And I was sitting there with my jaw on the floor at what was happening, and I just kind of said, "This is so fucking stupid," and not in a good way. Oh no! Like the final ah. boss of this game. Oh boy! Like. I've kind of softened on it now. I understand what they had to do, mm-hmm. given the title of the game, to be kind of vague. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, the last boss is insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. All right, no, duly noted. Yeah. Like, it's definitely a game I'd recommend. And Okay, Carmichael in chat says, I loved The Last Boss. Yeah, the people who have played it are, like, kind of defending it. Like, I understand why the final boss is the final boss, but man! <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> so again, this is me going, like, you, you went too hard for once. Like, which I guess is kind of what happens when this game is literally made by one person. <laughs> Yeah, you can kind of get locked yeah. into it. You don't have people around you saying, hey, maybe a little too <laughs> big. Like, I, like for the what I thought was going to be the endings previous to the, f- 
the actual ending, like, I understand that it wouldn't have resolved everything thematically. But, man! <laughs> the last boss is so ridiculous. So that's Iconoclast. I recommend it, but, like, I think what was more of a bummer is that it didn't land, 100% land for me emotionally when parts uh, earlier when parts earlier and it totally did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like there's a couple scenes where I was like actually crying and I'm like oh my god this is this is really good I hope they stick the landing and then they kind of don't stick the landing Aww, unfortunate oh, well. but that's that's just my opinion yep yeah and we shouldn't yep. listen to people who have opinions <laughs> about video games obviously mm-hmm. nah that's true they're all bad Polly? Yo! Have you been up to anything? I played another video game. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another game that picked up on the old Christmas haul, thanks to our good pal, Mr. Poncho Smith. Um, It's a game called Wandersong, or as I like to call it, John Byers' Musical Adventure. (laughs) This looks so nice. Wandersong, like, to talk about it as a game, there's not a lot you have to say. Because is it a game? It's a game. Okay. I, I still think that it is a game. I'm there, still learning about this game. There are definitely parts of it that are very gamey. I mean, there are some pretty rough platform sections in it, but that's <laughs> that's not the meat and potatoes of what this game is like is going for. Uh, mm-hmm. Wander Song is, in short, a delight. It is the story of uh, a bard who's named John Thire. Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, he has a dream and that and it's sort of like a test to become the hero. So you run forward in the dream. He picks up the sword. He approaches the big bad and just immediately gets his ass kicked because he's not the hero. <laughs> you're not the hero. You're a bard. But through this dream, you find out that the world's gonna end because the people mm. that kind of hold the world together, they're starting to corrupt and fall apart. And you've got to kind of find a way to fix this problem, or at least John Thayer takes it upon himself to do so. And he's going to do mm-hmm. so by singing and dancing. Yay. And it is marvelous! I'm telling you. Like, there's a dedicated dance button, and you get all sorts, you find all sorts of dances throughout the game that he can do, all while platforming at the same time, by the way. So you can just be doing. Like a little ballerina spin and just do all the platforming. You never have to stop and you can sing the whole time. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) This seems very nice. This game is very nice. It is just a, it's set in a very wonderful, fantastical world full of characters that, like, you go, it's like each chapter you kind of visit a different region and run into different groups of people, like the coffee drinking pirates. And then John drinks coffee for the first time and literally goes insane on the ship. It's great. He has oh, he, he has a coffee freak out, and it's <laughs> one of the best scenes in a game I've seen in a while. Uh, you have to go talk to some mermaids, and it's, uh, that, that's a great little Love mermaids. Like this is a John like like I said. John Thayer video John game. John Thayer adventure. Like there's a captain that is in love with uh, a mermaid. And, like, you have to kind of escort him there because he's too afraid to go by himself. And that's, that, that's where that video comes from, where I was showing you the, uh, like, where every yes, time he would move, so cute. he would keep making that little... 
And like the faster you got, the louder it would get, and like the slower you went, it would be more subdued. Um, this guy's got like just a great art style. It's very pretty. Um, oh, it's so pretty. Oh yeah, and it's just very simple too. Like, but it's got like, but it's layered really well, and it's got a, it's got just the right amount of post processing on everything to kind of give it the right kind of polish that it needs. And, and mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of like one of the big things about this game is just everything about it is just immaculately polished. Like it's got just a great look to it, and the soundtrack is hands down stupidly fantastic. Like, I hope they nail the soundtrack and basically music game. Oh my god! Every fucking moment they make every moment count. Like there cool. is not a single track out of place on this soundtrack. It's so good. It's so good. It's not like. It's not really like a rhythm game or anything either. Most of the time, it's just kind of like you have a a, a wheel that you use to sing different notes and pitches and all of that. And, and you just control that with your right stick. And most puzzles involve just doing various sequences on the stick. And that's mm-hmm. really all it is. There's, ra- there's rarely ever like a rhythm game component to it, except, you know, th- sometimes when they're like, oh, no, no now it's a rhythm game. <laughs> Uh, so it can be a little confusing sometimes to, to like know what you need to do. I was definitely caught a couple times like game, what do you want me to do? I you didn't <laughs> you didn't tell me what I need to do here. <laughs> um but yeah, like you know, you get on a plant and you sing and like the way to ma- like in like the plant you ma- you want to make it grow up and right, so you uh, you sing the notes that are up and right on the right joystick and it'll like carry you along while you're standing on it with this dramatic pose singing your heart out it's just so good and the writing in this game is top notch too like every single line of dialogue is labored over but not to the point to where it's overwritten uh-huh. so it's just like it's clever enough that it knows it's clever but it's not trying to beat you over the head with the fact that it's clever and there's perfect and there's a lot of really good puns in the game too Oh, and they yes. they play a really great sound anytime a pun happens too that I just that killed me every fucking time. Mostly because I was <laughs> laughing at the pun, and then they would play the sound effect and do the close up of a character that said it. And it's wait, just, are you serious? They yes, Undertailed it. Yes, it's got those directed moments. by Sans. Yeah, directed by Sans, of course. Um, but like 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 as you progress through the game like you kind of like you get like the three act structure where you've got like 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 the optimistic opening chapter the dark middle chapter where like oh no like I, I, if i'm not the hero maybe i'm not the one that can save the world and you go through an entire chapter where he's really sad and down on himself and you have to kind of and like you know he kind of like he goes back to his hometown and you're there and it's kind of like been taken over by this factory and shit and you've got to kind of like use the power of music to put together a rebellion to <laughs> like get yourself back up on your feet and feeling like you can get out there and do it again and it's just like there's so many just it, and it's all just feel good moment after feel good moment like kirby's epic yarn (laughs) like this game and kirby's epic yarn there are two games that make me feel just like unabashed joy when i was playing them Mm. and like even at the parts of this game that could have been like just a little bit frustrating just because maybe the controls aren't as tight as you need them to be for some of the things they want you to do never got frustrated because the game just you just keep feeling good about everything. 
Um, and the story that they're telling about like how you eventually do come into c- contact with the person who is the hero. And it's just like, okay, how does this dynamic play out? And you've got a, a really cute witch friend with you, and she is awesome. She's so weird. you've got John Thayer, mermaids and witches. Yes, I think this game literally. This. this is literally John Thayer the video game. You know what's cool? What this the main person behind this also has been making a bunch of game game maker games forever, yep. including one that I played. Yeah, I, I, like John, like this has to be on your to playlist this year at some. Oh, point. Oh, don't worry. Like yeah, and and the ending goes real fucking hard. Uh, Holy yes. crap! It's so good. This is a music game. And if this is a music game, you can go real fucking bonkers if you're, like, doing something music-based. And, like, the the strength of your narrative lies within the power of song. Just Mm -hmm. take that as your only clue as to just how hard this game's gonna go at the end i yeah yeah it got me i i turned into a little ret by the end oh, because i watched oh. the trailer for this and was like immediately just like this is a game that's gonna make me cry added to the box yes because <laughs> you were like you should play this and i watched the trailer, I was like oh i should play this yeah i just i really want to play this i would play this but the box hasn't told me to yet yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. Don't worry, we we trust the box because the one day Rhett, box is gonna. I'm gonna make you do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna squeal if this comes out. There's a couple games in there. I know. I'm like, oh come on. Oh, it's funny. And there's a, there's it's one so game weird. in there. I'm scream. I'm, I'm like, oh come on, come on, come on. I'm, and it's never gonna get picked. <laughs> That's gonna be fi- number fifty two. Yeah. Yes, Miriam is the best witch. She is so good. She is such a good foil to the John Thayer character. She's literally probably the me to the John Thayer. Yes. Wait, what's the name of the witch in Bloodstained? Or the main girl? Miriam? I think, yeah, is it the same thing? Yeah, I think it's the same. Yeah, but it's just like, there was like, li- there were literal moments in this game that literally made me say, this is this is goddamn John Thayer. Because, like, like oh, oh, oh. Miriam would, Hi, like... Yes, that's me. Yeah, like, Miriam introduced herself. Yes, I'm a witch, and this is my dumb bard friend. And he'd go, Hi! Yes, that's me! And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. I have never played a game that so perfectly encapsulated, like, that kind of funny ideal that we have of John, of always being this super happy-dappy, <laughs> like, overly positive... To the point of being stupid, um, you know, that kind of character. But it's just like, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> this game is so good, though. Like, I cannot urge you enough to play Wander Song. If you are in need of some good feels, like, this is the game that's going to deliver, like, in spades. Like, there was I not hope- a point in this game that I ever felt like, I'm down on it. Like I would rather this be over. I was I never had a point like that with this game. Like there's never that part of the game where it's just like not feeling it, guys. I feel like this is the 2018 game that's not going to get recognized until 2019 because yeah. it's to that's really right. go under the radar. Yeah. But like I've seen Nintendo promoting it, so it's like it's starting to get out there. Yeah. That's really cool cuz it sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, if you've not checked out Wander Song, at least do your do yourself a favor. Check out some of the soundtrack. Check out the trailer. Just like check out the good vibes that this game's giving off. Cause man, like you know, positive games are super rad. 
And give it a good review on Steam. And give it a good review on no. Steam. Though they've already got that taken care of, yeah. thankfully. They're 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 a real game now, according many. to Steam. They're a real game. We're a real game now. We finally did it. Yeah, I I love this game to bits, and yeah, it just it just made me feel all kinds of good. At like, I was having some post holiday depression, mm. and this game just like it boosted me right back up. And like that, that was super awesome. Like, and you cool. always got to kind of like hold on to the things that can do that kind of thing for you. So yeah, Wander Song is awesome. Uh, before we hand the podcast over to John Fire, though, is <laughs> literally there, the yeah, whole entire podcast, the, the entire rest of the podcast, <laughs> every subsequent episode, actually, every is yeah, be, like that's it is mine. Yeah, like weird. Yeah, surprise. Me and Red We're are leaving. Completely the rebooting. Guest. Doing a hard reboot. Yep. John is the new Polly. Yep. You have One anything topic. else that you need to talk about, Rhett, before John Thayer jumps into uh, what could possibly be the yeah, most... I guess I, guess I will yeah, I guess get this out of the way. Okay, get something out it. of the way. Um, I watched an anime on Netflix about video games. And it made it's you called... cry. <laughs> so, this is the gr- it's like the greatest bait and switch of all time. It's called High Score Girl. And it starts pretty simple about this kid who loves video games and he loves Street Fighter 2. I can relate. And he meets, yeah, and it's it's set in 1991, so it's kind of like the height of the... or Not the height, but like kind of the beginning of the real arcade boom because of Street Fighter 2. And he meets this girl who is really, really good at Street Fighter 2 and just fucking decimates him. Mm. So basically, this show is kind of a romantic comedy mm-hmm. about Excellent. these two characters. And like... As they age and go through time, like this show kind of keeps every couple episodes, it'll kind of skip ahead a few months. So, like, by the end, it's like 1995, you know, and they go through kind of the chronicles of these ages of like all the games that come out. Like, like there's a obviously Street Fighter 2 is kind of the main big through line, and like they keep making jokes about, well, they made Street Fighter 2, and I thought the next one was going to be Street Fighter 2, but now we've got Championship Edition. <laughs> and then, like, in the next episode, well, now they release Turbo. I can't wait for Street Fighter 3. And then <laughs> a couple episodes later. Oh, man, did you see this is Super Street Fighter, the new Challengers? Man, wonder when they're going to make a third one. And then Super Turbo comes out. And then, like, near the end of the series, I really thought they were going to do three next, and they made Street Fighter Zero. What? Or, you know, Street Fighter Alpha. What the hell? They're, they can't count to three. <laughs> like... So they're, like, they... literally making the jokes that we made in 1990. Yeah. And, yep. like, Dar- he's like, oh, man, I can't wait for Darkstalkers, you know? like Wow. Uh, Are they, like, like, actually naming these games, or is it, like, made-up only... analog names? Oh, no. That's the thing about this show, is not only are they using the real game names, they're using footage from the games. Is like, this, like, a all... Netflix original? I don't think so. Huh. I mean, I think they licensed it as an original, but it did air on TV in Japan. Hmm. But, like, yeah, the credits at the end are insane because it's like, okay, here's, like, the ten game companies. We've got, like, Irem, Capcom, Konami, Square, like, all these game companies that license to have their footage used in the show. Huh. And, like, the other <laughs> the other thing I love is that the main character really loves his PC engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really does. And, like, <laughs> it's this weird, dumb running gag that is, like, only super funny to me, probably. Because you <laughs> were literally like... the only person in the United States who grew up and had a TurboGrafx-16. It's even, 
it's funny because he goes even harder with it where in, in like 1993 he's like oh man i can get all these games for like three 300 yen now and then like two episodes later he's like at a new year sale in 94 and he's like oh my god these turbo graphics games are only 50 yen now oh my god because they're just being fucking liquidated obviously and like in episode one he's like Final Fantasy IV, who cares about the Super Famicom? <laughs> I've, I have a Turbo Graphics. <laughs> he's like talking to his friends about the Turbo Express and like, this is such a super high tech handheld. You can use the same games as the console. Wow. Did you have the handheld? Yes. That's oh why I love the system, is because I had the handheld. And, oh, like, wow. But it was the Switch before the Switch. Like, 20 years before the Switch. That's nuts. I played... Yeah. The one... I wish they had gotten to Airzonk on this show so badly. I'm surprised they didn't, given that, like... they There's a lot of games, and a lot of them are, like, the real kind of J- Japanese-exclusive niche stuff that even I haven't heard of. Like, Rondo of Blood kind of shit? Oh, no. Like... I don't know, like, Japanese video games that are like set in Japan and like use a lot of like I can't think of like JJ like, and Jeff hmm? <laughs> that's, that's the only import PC Engine game I'd know oh. besides Rondo yeah like I don't know just kind of real niche stuff that even I wasn't yeah. sure of. but like in like episode 8 he's like pulls out the PC Engine and he's like oh I'm gonna play Bravo Man and I'm like I know that one what the hell like, our type is in there. But, like, very briefly. Like, for the most part, it really focuses, especially towards the end, on the fighting games. Mm. Well, but that's, that's like, it's kind of how these two characters' stories started, yeah. really. Yeah, and how it continues is kind of their rivalry through fighting games and, like, other characters. Want... That's the one kind of weird thing about this show, is that this kid is just, like, super 100% single-minded on video games and has these girls kind of falling over him. <laughs> Because, oh, he's he's so <laughs> devoted to his video games. It's kind of, it makes me attracted to Girls him. Girls like, always say that, though. That's, like, totally... Yeah. That's way too true to real life. Yeah. <gasps> the other thing that people are kind of mixed on on this show is that the main character, you know, the titular high school... Or high score girl, mm-hmm. she doesn't talk, ever. And it's not even, like... It's kind of like a silent protagonist thing in a video game, so I can kind of understand that aspect of it. But it also makes their relationship really kind of weird and frustrating because she literally just won't talk to him. Here's the twist. She doesn't actually exist, and this is all in his fucking no. head. <laughs> it's definitely not that. Well, no, I, I think that would be a great twist if she doesn't talk. But I think what ends up almost making... The, the show seemed genius for me is that how they tie in like how she's playing the game as a way of conveying her emotions. Oh my God. That's stupid. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm saying about this show though, is that it uses the video Rhett, games. What, Rhett, what emotion do you get from what, from me playing Contra oh, hardcore? Geez. What, what was, what was, what, what was the oh. feeling I put into that? I don't know. Were you doing well? Were you sucking? You know, did you, I think I did pretty. Real... I think I did pretty well in that playthrough we uh, commentated over. God, I kind of don't remember. <laughs> it's been was, a while. That was like two years ago. Yeah. My memory is like thirty minutes, Polly. Yeah. I don't I'm even close. remember that Undertale thing we did. Nope. 
But I'm saying it uses video games as more as just a real surface level thing where it's like, hey, check out all these references. Like, mm-hmm. the references are funny, but they are tying it into the story in kind of interesting ways. Mm-hmm. One through, like... Because let's that's what sports anime does all the time, where it's like, oh, they're playing extremely well today because they're in a good mood. Or, like, you know... Their they heart's to... really into it! Yeah. Or like, oh, he, he's holding back. He doesn't want to beat her because blah, blah, blah. Like... It's like this. It's a sports anime for video games, basically. Right. Because <laughs> like they go to a Street Fighter tournament and stuff, and like you know do really well because they are, they're both fucking into that game. And it's, that's the other thing is like Street Fighter Two is kind of a weird anomaly for back then of how you could dedicate yourself to that game for like five years because they just kept releasing new versions. Yep. Yep. And he plays as Guile the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like they go so deep with the references where he's like. Well, Guile's the only character in Super Turbo that didn't get any new moves. Cool. <laughs> oh. And, like, another good reference that I appreciated was, like, a character buys a Super Nintendo and Final Fight so that somebody could come over and play co-op with them. Mm. And then they realize, oh, wait, the Super Nintendo version of Final Fight doesn't have doesn't co-op. Doesn't have guy. Like, that's how deep they are going with some of the, like, tying it into these references what a weird thing it's such a weird show and like so they start the show in 1991 and what they do is that when the characters are entering high school it's the start of 95 Mm -hmm. so they're talking about the new playstation and saturn that just came out so they're tying in the changing of the console generation into the the characters going to high school and like i'm like that's real fucking clever. What the hell? Well, because yeah. it's basically like if you are our age, that yeah. is what happened to us. The changing of the console generation was also a change to or out of adolescence. Yeah. I yeah. was two like, or three when that happened. Yeah, like you for were me, a I'm little a couple, baby. <laughs> like you, Polly, would be probably super close to these characters in age, yeah. maybe like one year younger. Yeah. Whereas for me, I'm probably like two or three years younger, so it doesn't quite land exactly the same. But it's the exact same experience of growing up with games because mm-hmm. the technology just went so fucking quick for that for in the nineties because mm-hmm. they're ta- you know they start on like Space Harrier and Street Fighter Two and then by ninety five they're talking about Tekken Two and like all these kind of more modern franchises and it's even it's interesting how like when the PlayStation Saturn came out like all they're interested in are these arcade ports mm-hmm. like oh. They're going to have Virtual Fighter and Tekken, and, you know... And you think about where the PlayStation went from there. It's like, oh, all these, you know, Metal Gear Solid and Resident Evil, like... How console gaming kind of moved away from arcade stuff in a pretty heavy way over that time. Like, the Dreamcast kind of tried to do that, where it's it's like, oh, we got Crazy Taxi, and, you know, all these arcade ports, and people didn't care by then. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) right before... We started this podcast. I finished the show on Netflix, episode 12. I'm wondering, how are they going to resolve this in just like 10 more minutes? And then they totally don't. Oh, no. (laughs) So it goes. And I looked online, and I looked on my anime list, and I find out, oh, episodes 13 through 15 are going to be released in March as like an OVA. Oh, jeez. Fucking cool. 
So, uh Well, I, I mean, maybe <laughs> it's better for the story that it be ended like that because cores are typically only 12 to 13 episodes and I would rather them get the time yeah. that they need to finish the story if they're going to finish it. Yeah. I would it rather them have like... the appropriate amount of episodes than try to cram everything into that 12 episode core yeah. if they can't. It's just kind of frustrating because I had no idea that was about to happen that I marathoned like most of the show yesterday. Damn. Ah. But it's better than also, it may... I'll have better to make than sure to... another season. I'll have to yeah. make sure to watch this when the OVAs come out then. Yeah, so it's like, I can't recommend it watching it right now, but eventually. But it, What's I the show? Uh, High Score Girl. Ah. Oh, okay. This is, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I think the show aired in Japan in the summer, though, so it's been significantly longer for them. Hmm. I could look it up real quick. Uh, or John could start to talk about Fate. if That's where we're going. We're going down that I'm, rabbit hole. I'm just slowly... St- Okay, it aired from July to September Okay, in Japan. Makes sense. And the OVAs will be in March 2019. John Thire, take us away. We are heavens bound. On a magical journey into a world of heroes. Somebody give me a heads up in chat. I'm taking my headphones off. The holy... Let's start at the beginning. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm I'm not really taking my headphones off. The Tosakas, the Matos, and the Oh, yeah, Tosaka is awesome, too. Reen's amazing, yeah. Reen is, like, the one character in Fate Stay Night that's actually, like, well that is, like, a balanced person. I I don't know, though, you know, like, I think, like, Rin Tosaka, do you think she has a foot fetish? (laughs) I get, I, don't worry, I get it. Okay. I don't get it, actually. Because. Oh, Tosaka, I get it. Hey, go. It's. See, when I've got to interject a little bit of humor into what are what is likely to be a very dull proceeding. Because he just, sh- in the anime, he just shouts, Tosaka, constantly. <laughs> the Tosakas, the Makiri, and the Einsburns created the Holy Grail War. Oh, John, as a John. Way of- <laughs> I can't even humor you this time. No, no. Get to the fucking point. <laughs> so Fate Stay Night is a visual novel that I finished playing um, recently. I read the first route over the course of several months in 2017. And then in December, I picked up the second route and read it in about two weeks. And then I started the third route and finished it in one week, oh um, which kind of tells you they're similarly length. Um, so that kind of tells you about my progression with these games a little bit. The first um, arc is bad. Oh, yeah. It's uh, terrible. Oh, no, John is coming around on it now in the no, greater yeah, context. Like the other ones. Um, I think it's just badly edited. I think that they needed to cut out, like, it needed to 60% be the 60% of it. No. I would have excised, like, 60% of that first arc. I've read well, the I first mean, arc, okay? Oh, really? Oh, my God. How much yeah, is eating? I... Pardon? How much oh of my it do they God. spend eating? Way it's thematically much. important to face. Because yeah. you could probably get 60% right there. It is as bad as Tsukihime's character stuck in a bed for 80% <laughs> of the fucking visual novel, okay? Oh, we're really starting at the beginning here. Oh, man, I'm excited about Tsukihime. All right. Um, yeah, he, so... Masu knows how to write food, just doesn't know how to write sex or actual <laughs> good female characters. <laughs> So, so I like the first arc. I think that it should have been... It's the thinnest thematically and also the most um, 
uh, uh, sexist. Um, well, Very. That's arguable. Um, yeah, it's goes places. Um, I just think that it should have been. It needed to be the shortest route. That is my grandest structural criticism about Fate Stay Night. Is that the first arc should have been the shortest route, and instead it's the longest route. The oh. other two, yeah, the other two routes are long, are much shorter. Fate Stay Night uh, unlimited. Bla- I think the estimate for the first route was around three hundred thousand words, and then the. Um, UBW is like two hundred ten thousand, and then um, Heaven's Feel is back close to three hundred, um, and then UBW is way better. So I I chew through Unlimited Blade Works, and the jump up is so wild because it's like, oh, this is like a story where people are where they're actually like building to shit, and every scene is actually contributing to the ongoing plot and character journeys. And I was like, okay, now it's like a real thing, and I can enjoy Jesus. this. Um, the the bar here, just saying, it's a real story now. <laughs> it's, it's a story. It, it has just words took. and paragraphs and some quotes. People it just took talk. getting through three hundred thousand words that Look, was not the first a story. Route, the first route. Here's why it's. Here's why I don't hate it. It's because it ends very explosively and cathartically and has a nice uh, resolution. Like it I actually. Hate- I what? hate that so much because I want the resolution from zero with Saber's story. I mean, that's the resolution of Saber's story. I know. It's, it's is stuck behind 300,000 words of this visual novel I don't want to read. Uh, just read it. It's, it's fine. It's not that bad. Um, you just kind of have to trust that it's going places, I think. And I did not trust it at all. And that yeah. kind of hurt my experience because I did not know if this was even something I would get anything out of finishing um, which kind of kept going through the whole thing, where I kept not trusting that it was the journey it was taking me on, and then I got to the end, and I was like, okay, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and then I got like, oh, I don't trust this, the, oh, okay, I enjoyed that, oh, I don't trust this turn, oh, okay, that was a good time. Um, I got spoiled on the big plot reveal for Unlimited Blade Works mid I can't believe this. That's I can't so, believe you so got rough. like two days away from the spoiler I've known for like over a decade. Mm-hmm. And it was in a, it was in a fake grand order ad, oh. like the first thing oh. I I know, it's a real good twist. It's a real good story. Yeah, Limited Blade Works is really really good. Rat and Polly. I'm ta- I, I don't know. I'm, I I don't know. I don't know who I have the better um, odds oh, to think. Oh. Not Polly. It, it is not me. It is not me. You will not convince me of anything positive about fate. <laughs> That's fair. I will. All right. It's, it's definitely good, me, but like, because I liked reading Umineko when it was just dumb laser swords and good music and climatic nonsense. Uh-huh. But I've watched like half the Unlimited Blade Works anime, and I just fucking couldn't. I that was <laughs> that exact. I I watched half of the Unlimited Blade Works anime after reading the first VN, yeah. and I was the first arc, and I was like, "This is real b- fucking boring." Yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> How do they do that? I don't know. I, I wish I knew. It's you don't have Shiro's internal monologue, I guess. Um, so a lot of that internality is lost. You don't get to hear yeah. him talking about why the women around him are need to be fixed. <laughs> oh, um, no, that's that, that 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 he's the worst. Just say in the it. First, and then it gets, and then he gets better. Gonna uh, fix them with my dick. Gonna fix them with my dick. No, he's much better. Because the second route, he's not fixing Reen at all. It's literally yeah. the Reen fixes Shiro arc, which I guess is sort of its own can of worms. Oh, I said worms. <laughs> oh, no. 
Not worms. Yeah. Not respect yeah, women the, worms. The third, arc. the third arc is the can of worms to open. Paul, Paul said, "I think that's zero. Don't don't worry. No, the worms are from the first from, from the game proper. Don't but worry. The worms are in zero. Uh, they are in zero. They are much worse in zero. Actually, <laughs> like ten. Urubuchi is like, all right. I know there's this Grail War shit." And I know that we're going to summon magical servants from the past. I didn't cover that. But then, like, ten minutes into Fate Zero, he's like, big old pit of sex worms! Right? To- we gotta cover that first! Fuck all this other stuff! We gotta get to the sex worms! Get to the stuff people came for! Yeah. So that and they can come more, for it. It is way more visually explicit, too. There's no equivalent, like, CG in the VN to, like, the first image of the worms in Fate Zero. It's I awful. I could have sworn that there was. I feel like I've seen, like, comparison shots of... Oh, I Googled they... it! I Googled around, like, isn't that CG? That's what's weird. I, I have, like, this false memory of them changing them to look less like penises or something. Mm. I don't know why uh, that is. <laughs> the, the dick worms are there in in the VN, and then you see close-ups of them. There's just not oh. a as a close-up CG of Sakura in the pit, like there is in Fate Zero. Okay, <laughs> I I think I, I'm just saying, like honestly, Robuchi. That's um, oh, we know he has issues with women as well. It's a f- fucking great fit, Nazu and Robuchi. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so yeah, Unlimited Blade Works um, goes completely hog fucking wild, um, and sort of the thing about Fate. Is that it? Basic is that it has the best action, um, because it it grounds everything in all this buildup and sacrifice and stakes that are just completely like buck wild. Like you believe it completely. Like if a character is spending all their magical energy to do this super thing and they're going to die because they're sacrificing all this magical energy, and it, it you just feel it. Um, actually got me thinking of Brandon Sanderson books a lot, which also just have, like, the best action, because it's great grounded stakes, but with the most anime bullshit. It's anime bullshit, but minus the bullshit, because it's honest and and grounded. It's really cool. I think I actually like the action in these more than Sanderson a little bit, because it does get a little bit more, like, anime conceptual, I think. Mm -hmm. Um... San- whereas Sanderson is more like the kind of the av- last airbender type action, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so the action scenes are in Fate are just ridiculously good and cool, and then they'll play the big song in just the right moment, and that for that was my arc with Unlimited Blade Works. Like the first route is just kind of okay because it goes on way too long for what it is. Like the arc of it is saber. Um, she just completely let herself be subsumed by her duties as a king, basically. And she did not care about herself fucking at all. And then her arc in the first route is getting over that and finally kind of getting to be at peace. It's, her, her grail wish was literally, I want to go back in time and fix all the things I couldn't fix. And I, just throwing yourself right back into that pit, basically. And then that's her arc is escaping that. So it's a nice thing. It's just spread in this bullshit of you need to be more like a lady instead of all this sword nonsense mm. so it's it's a really good sentiment espoused in this ugly way um, and that's why I, that's kind of was my experience with the first arc 
And then the second arc is all about Shiro and his bullshit, and he basically is just fighting his own, like, self wanting to kill himself, and which is pretty loaded, I think, and really emotional. And then I think the, the big takeaway for me with Unlimited Blade Works was, like, this is a power fantasy. This is an, a big indulgent power fantasy that actually makes me feel indulged and powerful when a lot of the macho stuff does not land for me that way at all. Like, I was like, holy shit, Shiro is so cool and strong. I want to be like Shiro. <laughs> uh-huh. And then the third arc. Um, we don't need to... You're, you're rushing along, Rhett. Sorry. Unlimited Blade Works is very good. Like, I want to, like... I don't know, for some reason it feels so inert in the cartoon, but just playing through it feels great, and it's a really cool journey. And then the climax is with the climax. It, like, that's not the ending with Archer isn't even, like, the climax. Then it goes on, and there's this whole thing with Gilgamesh that's really wild. Um, Zella says, Shiro wanting to kill his embarrassing teenage self is very relatable, IMO. Um... I think Polly took the headphones off. No, I've still got them on. It's okay. just like, what do Maybe. I have to add to this? <laughs> Continue, please. It's just so fucking cool. He's so cool. He fights Gilgamesh on his own and wins because he's just that rad. Um, <sighs> he's so strong and cool. <laughs> and he only gets there, but then he only gets there because he's able to link up with Reen. And really, it's them, their strength together that makes it. That, oh, he linked up with her, huh? Uh, yeah, um, with I yeah I played with the H scenes on, of course. Um, of course, the only way to play naturally. Um, even though it gets a little rough sometimes in the next oh, arc. Boy. Uh, so then I got to the end of Fate. That was the that was the big thing. Also, in Unlimited Blade Works is that all the date scenes and romance stuff with Reen is really really sweet because she like kind of teases and toys with him in ways that are like kind of cute and charming um and i remember like just playing in the anime it's like oh they're going on a date right before the mid-season finale this is bullshit but then i actually <laughs> like played it in the game and i was like i want a whole game that's just cute dating a cute girl they those? i'm pretty sure that's they might have made something like that it was so nice and then the like so the arc with in the first route is Shiro fixing Saber, and then in the arc in the second route is Reen, like, anyway, I'll take you to college and pay for your tuition, and you can live with me, and I'll take care of you and manage your pain forever. Oh, this is a fantasy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's very indulgent. Just, like, the complete competent partner. Um, but, again, so Yubi... First route's a little bad. Second route is like this dumb, indulgent thing that really is good at what it's trying to be. Um, then Heaven's Feel. I really liked it a lot. I really, really liked it a lot. It's worm really time, baby. It. Really, really liked it a lot. Open up um, that pit of worms. Let's go. <laughs> so Heaven's Feel is most of what I... So I, I watched Fate Zero ages ago and loved it because mm-hmm. it's great, obviously. Yeah, yeah, watch Fate Zero. It's great. And then you'll... And then, oh, my God. Um, it doesn't have to be a gateway drug. No. No, it doesn't. Believe me, it uh, won't. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to... not. Believe me, I'm not trying to lure y'all in at this point. Like, I 
if it's pushing, especially like you, Polly, if it's you gave it the old college try and it was repulsive. I'm yes, very com- it's very repulsive, and everything you've posted on Twitter has been repulsive. <laughs> I just want the big power fantasy sword battles. UBW is all that. It's real good. And then the first route has a lot of that too. Like it's still Saber and Shiro fight Berserker mm. in the first route. He fights Lancer in the first day. It's very cool. Lancer's um, a bitch. Yeah, but he does fucking kill Shiro on the first day. Oh. God. Anyways. So, um UBW is is I think I think you'd have a good time with it. I think I don't know how well you'd vibe with the first route, but I think if, if you made it up through Unlimited Blade Works, you'd probably have a good time. Um, and that's also, like, the least dense with, like, problematic shit is Unlimited Blade Works, I think. Yeah. I kind of seem like that's the one people really still like. Yeah, which is... In, well, because there's been... There hasn't been any adaptation of Hemmingsfield either, so nobody... Yeah. The only people who talk about that story are the ones who sat through the 60-hour VN. Mm-hmm. Um... So it's definitely the best one. It's the one that actually, like, um, first route's kind of bad. Second route is really, really good at being the indulgent power fantasy. And then third route is, like, an actual story. (laughs) Where it has, like, ideas and themes and shit. And I, and... And some problematic elements, it sounds like. Well, yes. They all serve purposes in the story that make sense it's just that he goes he crosses lines that he doesn't need to and it's ugly um and maybe a little and maybe voyeuristic um so i'm not going to explain or justify that and i don't think i'm <laughs> yeah. really qualified to dig just check it. out john's twitter feed <laughs> the private one only i didn't yeah. do it on the main one this one uh um, uh, we posted some stuff last oh oh <laughs> never mind <laughs> So, literally, like, the entire first half of Heaven's Feel is mostly, like, fluffy romance with Sakura, who was my favorite immediately. Like, I played the first route, and then, like, first scene, I was like, oh, I die for Sakura. <laughs> and then she doesn't get, and then she just vanishes from the, after the first, beginning of the first route and the beginning of the second route. And then, so you get, like, hours of really sweet, nice romance just building up this relationship that already was really strong because they start off right away. Um, Shiro and Sakura have been like living together basically for like two years <laughs> or not living together, but she was coming over like every day to make breakfast and oh dinner. Not, not, not make, she would make it. They made breakfast to get, they made meals together and he would make dinner and then she would make dinner. They, Play at one point in the VN they play rock paper scissors and whoever wins gets to make the other dinner. It's really sweet. It's so nice. Sean has discovered Moe. Oh my god! Yeah, Shiro's Shiro's really good in the kitchen, which goes a long way to making him a less a nicer character to meet personally. It's like, oh, okay, that's very attractive. Um, but and so UBW like there's no romantic climax until like the end of the VN, like right before the climax, there's the big, they confess their loves and then bone and it's sweet. (laughs) But like, that's it. Like they reach, they have romantic tension for the whole VN. It climaxes game ends. And then uh, I finish it like, Oh, okay. I really like that feeling. 
So this really, game, yeah, that one sounds much more like a standard action movie of just, and then you win and get the girl at the end. Yeah, it's that. Like Unlimited Lightworks is the it's the basic bitch favorite one. Uh, <laughs> oh, shots fired! It's, and it's great. I love it. Right. Um. <laughs> um. This John, one. Yeah. Go ahead. John is at the point of judging people based on what their favorite face day night arc is. Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge people for this, I think. I, 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 <laughs> you no. just said <laughs> Unlimited Blade Works, oh, you're a basic bitch if that's your favorite. <laughs> you kind of did qualify that opinion, John. Yeah. That's fair. That's oh, fair. what would you do if somebody said Fate was their favorite? I saw that once in, on, like, a Reddit thread, <laughs> and everyone was immediately like, no, fuck you. That's stupid. You're stupid. um uh so the big thing in heaven's feel is that like uh, ubw it goes hard on the power fantasy heaven's feel goes for shiro's arc it goes really big on he's literally like destroying his body to do the big cool action scenes Mm -hmm. and you feel the weight of that through the whole back of the vn like that starts in the back of the vn like there's fluffy romance forever and then horrible shit goes down. Um, spoilers, I guess. Um, like, Saber kind of beefs it halfway through until she comes back as evil. And so shit is just in a wretched place for these characters. And then the only way Shiro gets through it is just, like, slowly killing himself to do, like, the most amazing, cool set pieces in the whole VN. Um, he fights Berserker just head on by himself, and it's very cool. It's very cool and hot. Um, is, is that why the first arc is like important to have Berserker seem like this insurmountable challenge? But then he yeah, because that kind of seems like a lot of it. The first arc lays a lot of groundwork for where the other arcs go, and that's yeah. why I think like you don't re- yeah Saber Alter is very good Zellas. Um, it's that's why I don't think you really need to fix it. Like you just need to cut out a punch and make it tighter. Yeah. And I think if he did that, then I'd be happy as a clam. Um, but so so halfway through that VN, everything goes to hell, and then the whole rest of the VN is just kind of exploring. Siro slowly dying, and then Sakura, Sakura's arc, um, which is. Do we, should we do we just go through it? Like I know I'm just summarizing a lot. I can, I could you can trim it down. I don't want to bore you all too much. Polly, just say it. I'm not saying anything. I think she wants to say trim it down. Okay. Um, I'm not looking I, for a spoiler cast here. Like that time you took yeah, us no. through the entirety of <laughs> UBW. Sorry. So it's really good, and I got really emotional at the end. And it's an actual story and shit and it kind of just tries to do it it gets the most like jrpg over the top at the end of all the roots and but with like making the jrpg villain just like the most sympathetic person imaginable Hmm. um which is a really interesting feeling i think um and the whole is the climax is like a boss rush of like the most intense scary bosses and then making you feel the weight of beating each one of them. It's the Mega Man refights. Uh, basically. 
it, it's it's all these it's just built up all these really scary antagonists and then moving through them in this really intense way um and then it got to the ending and the ending made me feel a whole lot um the the big thing i think i felt with this was that i kept not knowing if it how it was going to end i didn't know if it was going to end tragically or happily and even though both of the first roots ended very warmly i didn't know i it made me earnestly believe like things were just going to go to hell um and then i'd be like no i believe i believe in love again i believe in love again <laughs> and then Oh no, I don't! I was wrong! The back and forth watching your Twitter feed was kind of hilarious, because I also had no idea how this one ended. Yeah. So, like, when you were like, oh my god, it's all going to shit, I believed it. Like, it was actually gonna fuck you over at the end. Uh Uh-huh. And also, not trusting Nazu as a writer. (laughs) I didn't trust him, of course! I thought he was gonna pull something really ugly and sad. Um... And it's still ugly. It's still there's a whole lot of bullshit. Um, I it felt it maybe, but it's very tightly put together and the action's very good. And it kind of made me feel like a. It reminded me a bit of reading Harry Potter as a kid, which is a fucked up thing to say because Harry Potter's very different, obviously. But that kind of explosion of like imagination, like oh wow, this is really going places I didn't expect. Mm. Um. So it was it tapped into something really cool and weird and special to me, and I this it got it niggled its way into my brain way more than like anything I can think of in like a year or two, <laughs> like more than Trails by a margin. Not that because makes of me that. so mad right now. What? I'm mad. I'm mad. That's it. <laughs> it's the Bo- headphones are coming off. That's it. <laughs> it's not because Trails is obviously way better. I'm just like this got. Oh. I think it's also just like there's a lot of psychosexual angst in Heavensfeel in particular um, that really connected with me. I kept comparing it to like nine, I made like Nine Inch Nails playlists for characters, <laughs> which was kind of which kind of is a lot this of the vibe. Yeah, John Fire still 14 years old. Yeah, I'm thinking like this is like the experience you would have had in 2004 <laughs> reading this yeah. as like. I, that kind of era of anime fandom making AMVs and stuff. I, I made me feel like that. Um, it made I, I, I remember thinking while playing it, God, if this is hitting me this hard when I'm 25, how would this have hit me when I was 15? Oh God, God, that would have been you, my life for like five years. And you wouldn't have noticed how gross some of it was. Yeah. Because yeah. that's... I've had that experience of being like, oh. Go back and look stuff. at something you really liked when you were 12 and 13, and it's like, oh, oh. Oh. That's really Well, I mean, bad. I did not. I mean, I kind of had that experience with Elf and Lead. Like, that was. Oh, oh yeah. Elf and Lead's trash. Yep. Uh, but, you know, you get why a teenager would really connect with it. I think. I, I think yeah, I get, why a tw- I get why a 26 year old would connect with it as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Polly. We watched that like in 2006. So yeah. Like, yeah, I was 26 at that time, and we watched it twice. We yeah, watched we it twice. AMVs. I gave it a positive review. That review's still on the site. Oh my god! Of course. Oh man. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I think the director went on to do Soro Nowoto. 
Oh god, oh. we made AMVs! <laughs> oh my god, I almost forgot! I won't let you forget. <laughs> oh wow, you always go back to where you came from, holy <laughs> shit. Oh, so hey, don't John. touch me harshly. John, <laughs> I, I made a Higurashi AMV, you have to see it someday. It's 42 so minutes long. Absolutely great. Um... Yeah, I got that arc with Higurashi anyway. Like that was my life for yeah. three years. So I got, I got, you know, I got. Hey, as a teenager. while we're saying things that make Polly mad, yeah, I kind of had that arc with Higurashi and Umineko. <laughs> I never got it with Umineko ever. Like I, oh, I was, I, I was, in, I was in there for like the first four volumes. Yeah, I'm like the third one. You fucking Ava treated it so hard. Yeah, like Ava Beatrice is awesome. But then, like, the rest know, of the series is garbage, and they never do anything with her at all. Yeah. But, I don't know, I think it was part of being, like, that excitement of each new chapter coming out and reading it. Well, yeah, it and... like, we were there at the zeitgeist of this thing, yeah. like, this follow-up to this big, influential thing that we loved. And, yeah. But then, like, saying, like... The, the longer it went on, the more it was like, this doesn't need to keep going on. I know, but it was fun being part of that excitement and zeitgeist especially for the first four or so chapters yeah and then i don't know five has erica so i forgive that one eh. like i, I remember mean, I... Th Go i ahead. remember him uh ryukishi i think oh seven the author like originally was like six was it going to be the ending and people yeah. were like i uh, probably explain a little bit more yeah and then he kind of didn't yeah <laughs> but anyways I got super base. fucking. I'm still using Umineko avatars everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. Guys. Like years later, you're still using that Umineko avatar. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it in Skype right now. Like I fucking loved that series so much when it was good. And like, like John getting super hyped about these stupid battles in Fate. It's exactly like, the way that we were when those big stupid battles happened in Umineko brought me back to like that mind space and I was like listening to some Umineko music again like dude those fucking techno tracks fucking jam so hard oh they hope. slap man they're they're fucking bops yeah, I'll, I'll use like, all the goddamn buzzwords if I have to yeah <laughs> like that's the thing that sounds bums me about of, about fate is John saying like oh yeah there's the one good song and I'm like fucking Umineko had like four new tracks like four, you know, big songs. Yeah, it had arc. four. It had four new bangers every fucking installment. Like, they went so hard on the music. Like that's kind of why I love that series was the music because I think music mm. is so important and stuff. Oh, you want to talk music in a visual yeah. novel? I'll be talking that next episode. Don't worry. Oh, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I thought Polly was going to talk worry, about one other thing. Don't worry. Don't worry. Some things you got to let digest a little bit. You got to let some mm. things digest. Okay. Okay. But you want to talk music? Oh my fuck. Interesting. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> this That was really validating. Kind of getting that connection there. Because I know this is not a story that y'all connected with. No, but no. That you had you had adjacent stories. Yeah, so you get excited about it. Moment, like, yeah. yeah, it was interesting for me. Because I was like, I, I feel your excitement. I just can't with fate. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want, I like, part of me was like, I want to, but I just can't. Oh man, I connected more with that ending than just with the romance in the end. Just like more than anything, like 
is t- this uh, this tops Song of Saya for most romantic story ever, basically. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, what about Plague of Shadows? Plague of Shadows <laughs> is pretty romantic. <laughs> Do you see that dance uh, during the credits, dog? <laughs> You ain't so, got no sprite yes, artwork dances. You got that I, shit in fate. Remember I watched that and then I went, mm, that was cute and sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I know I know why when you played that was a bad fucking time to play it. Okay, okay. So spoilers. Here is the power fantasy of Heaven's Feel. Oh boy. This is this is a game where the main boy keeps hurting oh. himself over and over and over to protect this woman who keeps pushing him away and hurting him back. Yeah. Only it actually pays off and he's rewarded for it. And oh, he's rewarded yeah, for like it. that's like oh, I no. knew why you connected with it. I, I completely understood it, but it's still it's still unabashed trash to me. <laughs> oh, but that's not something you want to reward. <laughs> Like, okay, so I'll be talking about ther- fate with my therapist two weeks in a row, I guess. <laughs> oh boy, the therapist must be like, man, this, this is a new one. Does your therapist know about fate? I told you two weeks in a row, as in the coming week. Oh my god. Uh, also, did, so wait, did up. you talk about Unlimited Blade Works before? No, because I, ju- I had just started. Heaven's feel and it was really sweet and I knew things were God going places. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Here's the glimpse into the psych- John psyche. And I'm a little bit vulnerable now, y'all. Just a little bit. It's understand. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying it's not understandable. Mm-hmm. I completely get where you're coming from. I'm just gonna bag on it because it's fate. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, I really, I really want to read a bunch more Nasu stuff. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, the takeaway from God. all of this. Yeah. Look, oh, my takeaway from oh. it is that he's a great fucking storyteller. He knows Wait. how to tell the stories he wants to tell. He just has a shitty worldview sometimes. Like, okay. beyond that, he's great at what he's doing. Like, You're it's the end. Talking yourself into playing Grand Order now, huh? No, I'm, I mean he did some of that. I was more talking about Tsukihime. <laughs> Don't oh. play that. Don't. It's miserable. I don't. Okay, John. Yeah. Why don't you watch those Karano Kyokai movies? Yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch those. I'll probably have a good. Decent I should, time. probably should have said Garden of Sinners, but I forgot the English name. No, yeah. It's, there's Garden of Sinners. There's Kanan. Kanan. There's Tsukihime, which Polly liked Kanan. She gave it an 8 oh, on my anime list. I like Kanan. Kanan is good. Yeah. That's a Nazi thing. That's a yeah, fucking spinoff of four two eight Shibuya Scramble. Yeah, it's a written, yeah, it's a spinoff. Yeah, they they got Nasu to write a spinoff of it. Just like he didn't write four two eight Shibuya Scramble, but he did write that story. God, um, I'm just saying you should. I just can't believe this anime I watched ten years ago is a sequel to a game I just bought. It's like, wait, what? Oh, that's really weird, right? Like the time because that was like a Wii game. Like it's insane. <laughs> yeah, Canon is fun on a bun. That that's such yeah. a fun show. There I'm go. just saying, I, like, if I get more context from playing Shibuya, like, yeah. I might watch it again just to be kind of it's a curiosity. Yeah, like I'm definitely like I'm definitely going to be visiting 428 Shibuya Scramble sometime this year myself. So like yeah. I'll probably be in that rewatch club with you. It's yeah. in the box. 
Um, that's the one thing that's a little sad, Polly, though, is that Tsukahime and, and like, Route 1 Fate are, like, the earliest things that we possibly could be playing from him. So that's just, like, the rawest. They're so... Shit. Like, Tsukihime is just, like, it is so much worse than the first arc of Fate. <laughs> Holy crap. Hey, Polly, want to talk about those sex scenes? No, I don't! No. He, I heard he someone... Just... <laughs> someone... <laughs> I, I just came up with a really good joke, and I just please say it. No, just say it. Nazi writes two things really well. Sex scenes and cooking, because he both talks relates them to squids. Oh. <laughs> Can we yeah. abandon shit um, now? Someone told me Tsukihime, play it, but just know that it's a lot less polished than Fate. And I was like, oh, okay. Alright, we can abandon ship. I, I said it. I, I honestly thought you were going to say, and it made me a lot more excited to read more visual novels. And you yeah, finished that I, with that's where I thought Nazu, we were going. But went, no, no. no. Oh my god. Oh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen people praising Grand Order lately because of the newest story arc, saying, oh, this is I him. a really good story for a mobile game. I'm like, oh no. I him. And it has the girl I like in it. Uh-huh. This is literally going to be our 2019 Sox cast, isn't it? The the, the, the cover that Sayara just Uh-oh. sent me makes... To- like, it. it's totally official now. <laughs> You'll find that out next time in about two okay. weeks. Sounds good. All right, so are we good? Did we yeah, get all out of our system? No any, any parting thoughts that you would like to give on this massive Heaven's Feel feeling spree? I feel like this is the 2019 episode because we're just going to hear about John consuming more Nazu works all year. It's going to be me. Like I'm w- like if the, if it comes to that, I will be taking headphones off. <laughs> I'll try to keep you all some time. I really need I need some space anyway. It was, you have it was a so lot. much good shit to play, and it's just like, yeah, no, I want to play Danganronpa 3, I want to play Trails 3, some mm. more great Man. trilogies to finish. That's, Equally great, really. That is a fucking pair, and I haven't even played Trails. I know, I right? Will, I will take Polly's word for yeah, it, Yeah, those are, those are two threes that are... Was Danganronpa V3 your game of the year, Polly, like two years ago? No, it was, it was near Automata. That was uh, last year. Or, or yeah, 2017. But Danganronpa V3 was very high. Wasn't yeah, it was it? number two. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Trails Third was my game of the year. Yeah, not last year, but two years ago. Yeah, Danganronpa. Okay. Yeah, Trails Trails is like equally skilled as like Heaven's Feel, but like an not <laughs> evil, but like not an evil worldview. So it's yeah. much Christ. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trails has a very, very healthy worldview. Warm and healthy and good worldview. So that's a lot. Whereas with it, with fate, you have to like pull out the good bits. Uh, <laughs> I have to read three hundred thousand words, but only these select twenty thousand are the ones that are actually worth having. You just gotta Look, go into the pile. The first route's not worms. great. Fine, I have said that over and over. I'm just saying I really <laughs> yeah. like route two and three. They're really good. What do you mean, Ubi? Uba. 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 Uba is adjacent to Oots. You know, oh, I think it's funny. Like, yeah. Polly talks about Wander Song and, like, this idealized happy version of John Thayer. <laughs> and then actual John Thayer is talking about this gross visual novel with the worms. Yeah. Just, like, utter misery the entire time. Yeah. And, like, you've got to pull out the good bits of this super, like, 
like and then comparing you know trails is like healthy worldview and then fate no no <laughs> it's just kind of funny like the idealized john versus the real john this is nine inch nails guru john <laughs> really buy some bucks oh man that was oh. my t- that was one of the big takeaways was researching buying more bugs as pets oh my god <laughs> Alright, I think we're gonna parachute on out of this episode. And then there's After Hours John. Yeah. And After Hours John has slowly but steadily taken over uh kind like like John is now forever horny on Maine. I mean we were posting I mean there were just tit fucking all over the timeline last night. That was me though. I'm the one horny on Maine. John still has this private account. Yeah. too afraid and i was like no i'm fucking sending these to your main account i got one account i don't need i don't need an alternate account to post the garbage i post i've got my real name on it i found john's fetish and was immediately like "Mm, i'm gonna combine that with the character you hate because i'm in that kind of weird mood (laughs) (laughs) that's okay it was fine it was fine search john search paruzzi (laughs) Jean. I'm pulling the ripcord. We're getting out of this one. All right. I want to thank everybody for coming out. We hope that you enjoyed your Sunday with us. Uh, as always, thank you very much for the subs uh, and resubs. It was very much appreciated. Y'all are awesome. So, John Thire, where can we find you? Uh, the Type Moon Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's spoilers on there, because there's so much Fate that you haven't read yet. I was reading from Fate Experts oh, CC, and you were like, no, 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 no. We're good, Rhett. Okay. Rhett, where can we find you? Inconsequentialexistence.com, but I haven't updated since Tumblr. Die. That's fine. And you can find me at the same place you got this dumb podcast from. You know, TalksMakePeopleSexy.net. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.